passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And we are live, everybody, for the cafe grande hangout hello everybody it's john pollock and waiting coming at you for the first time live and free for everybody on this thursday afternoon because this show is too big for just one hour <sighs> unbelievable unbelievable what a monumental the granddaddy of, a mo- of all the cafe hangouts john did you hear me i said this show is too big for just one hour because it's just too big for one hour. Uh, Too big for one hour. <laughs> thank you. How you doing? How are man? you, Way? Very well, very well. I feel I feel a little bit um, vulnerable here. I've never been looked at by so many people. This is by far a record for the post wrestling cafe. It is a record, uh, record setting, uh, largest indoor attendance record in the history of the cafe hangout. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hope everyone is indoors as we are speaking to you. I think that that would be the easiest way because your data would be through the roof if you were out and about listening to us live well yeah yeah uh although like i I know data rates are are a little bit cheaper these days but yes i hopefully hopefully you guys are all safe and indoors no matter where you are in the world and we hope to hear from a lot of you from different parts of the uh the, the globe right now in addition to that we'll be joined by a number of our friends won't we that is true. We have not advertised anyone, so we're, we're going to see who, who drops by, who is going to knock on the virtual door of the Cafe Hangout and uh, stroll in. And uh, momentarily, we may be joined by our first guest, but our main guest is you, the listener slash viewer today. So I hope that we get to hear from many of you. And also, uh, let's discuss uh, the YouTube Super Chats way. So yeah, so this is essentially everybody, if you're just kind of tuning in, this was to be our live in Tampa Q&A, where we were supposed to be down there with a live audience, and we were supposed to, you know, have a little fun Q&A for about this length of time. Obviously, we couldn't do that, and so we decided to bring it here live online for everybody. And so we're going to still try to hang on to that Q&A format. If you guys want to ask a question, we will be going to Skype calls a little bit later, but I want to give priority to uh, our questions that are going to be fed to us through the YouTube Super Chat. And what the Super Chat is, is just if you log into the YouTube chat room right now for everybody that's watching live, you'll see a little dollar sign next to the uh, place where you basically type your message. And within that, 
you can choose the super chat and then you can also choose the amount that you would like to pledge uh and it, i believe the lowest amount is about two dollars for a message and then all the way up to whatever you want uh you can type your amount in there and the higher your amount is the longer your message will stay up and, and the, the longer your message uh, can be so your question can be a little bit longer and of course we're doing all of this because we're doing this show in support of a couple chari- charities that we wanted to mention the first of which is the Sunnybrook Foundation which is a local hospital here in Toronto but they're also a research facility that has done a great deal of work um to uh, uh I believe uh, isolate the uh the gene responsible for the COVID-19 virus so uh in addition to supporting a local hospital we would also like to support basically research towards finding a vaccine and finding, you know, other significant uh, breakthroughs towards this. And in addition to that, uh, your pledge will be going towards the New York Community Trust, which is uh, a, basically like a fund that funds other nonprofit organizations within the state, uh, the city of New York right now. So there's certainly a place that really needs it. And so your pledge from your super chat, as well from our exclusive t-shirt at store.postwrestling.com. Both of those things, all the proceeds from the T-shirts that have that are that are going to be sold, will be going towards both of these charities. And if you look at it right now on our feed, you can see store.postwrestling.com, the exclusive T-shirt designed by event producer Robert Pearson. And we want to give a special shout out to him because Robert put in so many hours of work towards trying to uh, create our, our live in, in, in Tampa show. He's a Tampa native, like went through a great deal of work trying to organize that. Of course it fell through, but unfortunately, um, you know, that was unfortunate, but he did create a great design that we didn't really want to pass up. We wanted to make these shirts anyway. And why not repurpose them? John, have you seen them? I have seen them. In fact, I saw the idea for our redesign Weeks ago, when we first canceled this, and I thought it was so clever that we were going to have a shirt with the tagline, <laughs> I wasn't there. I was like, this is so funny. And then it was the case of your dad getting on Facebook syndrome because then WWE came out with their shirt, making ours much less funny. But nonetheless, it's collector's items, nonetheless. I thought it made it funnier because no joke, like okay. Robert came up with this tagline, I wasn't there way before the WWE came came up with theirs. And I think the fact that they made theirs kind of makes this one even a bit more relevant. So store.postwrestling.com, everybody. You can get the shirt for $25, essentially, a little bit more for the XXL and the XXL. But basically, $25 will go directly from you to uh, both, both of these charities uh, for every shirt you purchase. So store.postwrestling.com, in addition to our Super Chats, wanted to get all that out of the way, and immediately some of these Super Chats are coming through. So I wanted to thank... Special shout out right now to Scott Nebenzal, who says, I love post wrestling. Thank you very much for your $2 super chat. Alex Ramirez, who says, who asked, when do we get the Tiger King review? And I guess John and I, you, you and I can reveal that. Tuesday, Tuesday up uh, on the post wrestling cafe. Way and I are going to do a deep dive into everything. Joe exotic, doc Antel, uh, Joe Hinky. We're going to talk about every single character in depth and, the grand finale on Carol Baskin. John Cena Evil, thank you so much for your $5 super chat. He wants to know where we can get that shirt, and you can just look right here, store.postwrestling.com. Dave Scholar, thank you for your $2 super chat. He says this is a great cause. Thanks for doing this. And MJ from NJ, $10.999. He says this is better than my WWE subscription. Thank you all guys so much. We will uh, continue to go through the super chats throughout the show, but uh, in addition to all that, John, anything else to say before we get to our first guest? 
No, let's 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 bring on our, our first guest. So why don't you uh, you set things up with our guest, and I will the technical issues that come with putting this entire thing together. And Wei is doing like five thousand things as we speak right now. I might have actually just disconnected from you, but I think we're all good right now. Um, hopefully, we're all still on air. You're, you're gonna have to bear with us, everybody. But uh, I think on the line, I'm waiting, and I'm hoping that we have our very first guest. Who is behind door number one? There he is. Who is? But <laughs> there he is. Sorry, I'm just so nervous that none of this stuff is working. But uh, can you hear us, Brother Nate? I can hear you, brothers. It, it, it is oh. good to be talking to you, my friends. Live from the Atlanta Falcons compound, it appears. Yes. I mean, somebody's got to stay and do the work for the team. Uh, and I was the man that drew the short stick, uh, John Pollock. And, you know, they say, John Pollock, that, that March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb. And I think in 2020, we can all amend that to March came in like you lion and went out like, damn. <laughs> wow. I, I am going to officially restrict the number of Tiger references, though, in the next two hours. I, I am very much, once I'm done this uh, Tiger King review, I'm Tiger Kinged out from the whole world talking about this thing. So we're, we're going to certainly keep it. Uh, so no, no more Tigers for John Pollock. No Tiger Woods, Tiger Jeet Singh, just all of them gone. I mean, as you've got, like, the Dirty Bird shirt on there, the Atlanta Falcons in the background. I mean, I was waiting for the Michael Vick cameo in that Tiger King. Like, how was Michael Vick not somewhere in that convoluted mess? <laughs> because Michael Vick learned his lesson the last time. Michael Vick said, you know what? I'm not keeping more than one animal. Michael is social distancing his animals. No more than one animal within six feet of another animal because he doesn't need those problems anymore. Well, Nate, give us a sense. How, how are things? Uh, you know, we spoke with you a few weeks ago on the roundtable with uh, Andrew Thompson, but, uh, you know, two weeks removed uh, from our last discussion, how are things now? And and for, for listeners and viewers that may not be aware, what part of the country you're in as well? Yeah, I, I'm in uh, Virginia, so I'm, I'm on the uh, East Coast. And fortunately, we haven't been hit as hard as New York and as hard as, you know, Louisiana and Florida to the south of us. But we've still had some deaths. We still had some cases of COVID-19 pop up in my area. And I think that, you know, people are finally, and it seems crazy to say this, John, given the fact that we've been all dealing with this for a month, but it feels like people are finally taking this thing seriously and, and talking about like, yeah, you got to stay in the house. If you are not an essential personnel, if you're not essential to, you know, the either being on the front lines with the healthcare or, you know, providing food for people and things of that nature, then you got to stay at home. And so Virginia, like the governor finally shut down Virginia Beach, which like it took you four weeks to do that, man. So I think that people are taking it seriously. There's certainly maybe a more heightened sense of worry, of, of anxiety. Uh, but I will still say what we what I told you when we talked uh, a couple weeks ago, guys, that, yeah, this is going to get serious. It's going to get scary for a little while. But I think if people – look after themselves and look out for each other and do what they're supposed to do and, and not be stubborn and, and, and stupid, uh, to put it bluntly, uh, we will get through this eventually. You know, Nate, um, how long have you, have you personally kind of been self-isolating at this point and how have you been coping with it? I've been self-isolating my whole life, Wei Tang. 
<laughs> no, I, I'll, I, I'd say, I'll, I'll tell you th these last three weeks, it's going to beat the introvert out of me. I feel yes, like it's, yeah. I think it's going to uh, take me completely out of my my shell. People will people will be dying for human interaction uh, once this is all said and done. Uh, but I, I think I took this seriously once you know once the NBA shut down. That was kind of my wake up call as well because it's like yeah, like. This can affect anybody and it can spread quickly. And, you know, after talking with uh, Alex, you know, and, and on our show on the Kings of Sport and then listening to him talk with you guys, it's like, yeah, like there, there are things we like we can't stop this, but there are things we can do to make ourselves less susceptible to this. And so, yeah, like I've been washing my hands more than usual. I've, I've been, you know, staying away from people. Um, as, as you would guess, I'm, I'm a pretty... Uh, buoyant person I guess at work and so you know I like to dap people up and and hand pounds and hugs all around and now it's just I'm either giving you the elbow or, or a head nod from across the room like no more physical contact like like usual I guess as well Nate how would you say that the pro wrestling world has responded to this and, and mainly the two leading companies mm. in the U.S. and has your opinion changed over the last two weeks because I think that you know having one mindset towards this like this is evolving very quickly and i think that yeah. you know opinions are going to change as this gets deeper and deeper yeah i think when you get new information you need to make new decisions and plot new courses and i think you know two or three weeks ago i was fine with these kind of empty arena shows if they wanted to keep doing that but now that we have more information now that there are more people testing positive it's like why are we even doing this it's time to shut it down so i think obviously aw they they've got to shut some things down WWE, I think they they really botched their handling of WrestleMania this year. Uh, they took a bad situation that was out of their control and they somehow made it worse uh, by by just not being like, hey, we're we going to postpone this. We're not going to do this, you know, half measure. And so, yeah, I, I would hope that it's a, it's a balance because, you know, obviously I'm, I'm sure they want to perform. They want to provide escapism for people in, in this time right now, but at the same time, when you got, you know, people like The Miz popping positive for this stuff and then and performers worrying about not being infected and Roman Reigns, you know, already in a compromised position is like, nah, I can't do this. You don't want to put your employees in danger. And so whether it's running best ofs for the rest of the summer or I mean, through the through the summer or doing something that, that doesn't require your employees to be in the building, uh, you got to find creative ways now to provide entertainment, but also to provide safety. You know, like the NBA, they're doing, I believe Friday, they're starting a 2K tournament with some of their players. And yeah, it's not the real thing, but it's something that you can watch on TV and get entertainment out of seeing Kevin Durant or Trey Young or Dame Lillard or some of these guys playing 2K. So, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get a week where we just get, Seamus and Brock Lesnar sitting around playing WWE 2K20, and that'll be, that'll be our show for the week. Uh, just and just to clarify, the Miz, we don't know he has symptoms, is what we know. He's sick, and is what we know. We don't know if he's tested positive for anything yet. But I believe they are doing like the the video game thing on their either it's like the network or the YouTube channel. They're doing this thing called like Dream Match, mm. um, and and they had like I believe they had like Sasha versus Trish Stratus with like Sasha Banks doing commentary over it. So I mean, and, and I think they just they options. just tried this like doing like some kind of like NASCAR simulation, yes, and yep. it's like this big reliance on esports now that is actually attracting. I think it did like a million viewers are on some platform 
some television station. I'm not sure which one, but I mean, these are the kinds of out of the box ideas. And I, I think you'd be naive to just dismiss that there is some curiosity in this kind of stuff. And I, I love it. Like, like I never thought that I would be a NASCAR fan, despite what region of the country I live in. But I've loved these last two weeks of the guys doing this virtual race. And you get some of the personalities, you get some drivers that you might not always see because for whatever reason, they can't compete uh, on, on the real NASCAR circuit. But on a level playing field in this virtual video game world, you're getting to see these guys kind of step up. So, yeah, I think anything you can do to provide entertainment, to provide enjoyment for your audience without putting your you know employees at risk is a good thing. So, yeah, if, if they're doing this, the WWE is doing this online, uh, I, I would say, yeah, like do more of that. Do more pre-tape stuff. Do more things using advantage, taking advantage of your library, you know, have commentary uh tracks you know running on usa where kofi kingston or, or or stone cold or whoever talks about their greatest matches stuff like that there's there's ways to get creative with this and yeah you might not hit you know two three million viewers with this stuff but there'll be an audience for it there'll be an appetite for it because what else are we going to watch john pollock well let's let's move over to you know what the, the latest news is and that is that both the, the state of florida and georgia which are yep. key states when it comes to aew and wwe are issuing you know uh, stay-at-home measures and p- putting them into place what is the next move now for these companies um because wwe has everything taped through uh the raw and nxt coming out of wrestlemania so the next date on the calendar would be that week's smackdown a week from tomorrow yeah, and I think, you know, I believe it was Cool Hand Luke. There's a line from Cool Hand Luke that goes, uh, what we have here is a failure to communicate. And what I've seen in this country, what we have here, John Pollock, is a failure to legislate. Whether you're talking about the governor of Florida though, or the governor of Georgia or the president of the United States, there's so much kind of misinformation and disinformation and non-belief being spread by our so-called uh, leaders in, in this. And so I would say that, if, if you're AEW or you're WWE or, you know, if you're Dana White in the UFC, like if you're one of these companies that is still trying to provide entertainment for people, you've, you've got to realize that this is going to probably get worse, unfortunately. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm the positive guy, but this is probably going to get worse before it gets better. And so whatever short term gain you think you might be having by putting on these shows it might end up being worse for you in the long run. So if I'm Dana, I'm I'm not running anything. If I am, you know, if I'm Vince, like Vince McMahon, like I first of all, they need to stop, they need to stop playing with people. They need to they need to be real, John Pollock. They need to keep it 100, as Brian Mann and myself would say once upon a time, and, and be like, hey, this is what's going on in the world. We're acknowledging this. And and you know, to AW's credit, they've acknowledged what's going on in the real world. And then I think like people aren't stupid, right? Like there's a there's a Suspension of disbelief that you need to have with wrestling, but don't lie to me, Vince McMahon. You know, don't don't try to tell me, oh, ro- ro- we'll have an update about what's going on with Roman Reigns this weekend. Like, we we all know what's going on, man. So be honest with your audience, because I think that that truth, that transparency, could go a long way towards fostering goodwill. Any thoughts on what they'll do if they don't have the capability to record new content, Nate? Whew, then you got you get you, you're the worldwide leader for a reason, Vince McMahon. You got to go into that bag of tricks. Like you've got 
more footage. You've got a bigger library than anybody. You've got more resources than anybody in the wrestling world. And so you've got to find a way to get creative, you know, whether that is, you know, doing kind of these sit downs where we've got the interview in one location and the interviewee in another location. Uh, you know, that I think that's one of the funniest things I'm seeing right now. Funny being a weird word, but we'll go with it. Just seeing MSNBC or, or CNN or Fox News or some of these news channels looking like us with, with Skype, you know what I mean? And, and seeing uh, uh, Eugene Robinson or or, <laughs> or uh, David Pluff in, in, in these various locations. So it's like now, that, now they see how the other half lives. Uh, we were ahead of the back, curve. Yes, yes. They, everybody is taking their cues from, from John Pollock and Wade Ting. I believe that's what I heard uh, uh, Rachel Maddow say the other night. Uh, but uh, she, she, yeah. she can't say my name like you do, though, Nate. I mean, you, you have, there's no one I enjoy saying my name more than Nate Milton. Uh, but yeah, like to go back to your point, John, for Vince, I think they got to get creative. And for AEW, that's been, in my opinion, maybe the only edge they've had on the WWE so far is they seem to be quicker to adapt to things. They seem to be able to adjust on the fly. And so maybe we get more being the elite. Maybe we get more like the stuff they did last night with Jericho. I thought that was fantastic. Like do more stuff with like that that you can pre-produce and limit the number of people and limit physical contact and give us that until we're out of the woods. Before we uh, continue, I want to give some quick shout-outs here to all the people pouring in the Super Chats. Thank you. You guys are, are just amazing. First of all, I want to thank Fury for your $5 pledge. Thank you so much. Graham, who helped me a great deal with this OBS stuff. Thank you so much. He asked, has anybody wrestled over Skype? Um, <laughs> maybe. Maybe we'll have our first. Maybe a triple threat right here. Uh, Joe that'd from be H- amazing. That'd be amazing. Joe from H-Town, thank you for your $5. Scar Happy. Thank you very much for your $5. And he also asked, will either of you be hesitant on going to next year's WrestleMania if the Globe gets the okay to resume sports and live events? And this is a question for all of us, because I know, Nate, you have uh, a trip planned next year down to L.A. Do you feel any hesitation? I mean, it's so far out. Like, I think John made the joke on uh, one of the one of the shows this week where you don't even know what day it is now just because of the way things have gone. So. I can't tell you how things are going to be in August, let alone next next April. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I would think that in a year's time, we would have a handle on this and be ready next year if, if it comes back around. Uh, but, we, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Like, I'm definitely uh, still planning to go, uh, particularly if I can find a way to finagle one of these cheap tickets that the airlines are <laughs> uh, pumping out right now. But I think that it's a situation where we we'll all have to wait and see. You know, I was, I was watching ESPN today and they were talking about the NFL extending the regular season. It's like, we might not even have an NFL season. Like we, we, they were talking about college football. We might not have a college football season. And so there's a lot of wait and see right now in, in terms of, you know, life in general, but in particular sports and entertainment. Yeah. I mean, that's, that to me is next. Um, you know, big, it's the aftermath of all this that's going to be felt for yeah. years and years, I think, and what cultural changes there are um, that will certainly permeate to the sports world. I mean, that's just a small uh, fraction of the entire picture. But, um, Nate, we didn't want to keep you too long here, but um, what, what do you have uh, going on? There's never enough Nate Milton in times <laughs> of good or in times of crisis. So yes, uh, please yes. point us in the right direction. Yeah, so uh, I appreciate you guys for having me on. I think this is really cool uh, what you're doing for the people, as well as uh, uh, I forget I forget our, our, our guy's name, but I want to give a shout out to uh, the game night the other night. 
Oh, that uh, uh, Phil Phil Chertok. Phil Chertok. Yes. Well, yes. What, what an interesting name to be uh, dropping at this exact moment. Uh, yes. Those who might be coming up in the near future. Because like stuff like that, I think is is what's going to be really cool in terms of continuing a sense of community, even if we all are isolated individually. But but the game night was really cool, and so yeah, for for any of the postmarks listening, next time Phil promotes one of those, definitely uh step in step into that because I had a good time with that. But uh, as far as me. Uh, Kings of Sports still going strong, Marcus and myself. We may be doing a, our first live show. I have to run it by Marcus. We might be doing that next Tuesday, uh, talking about the aftermath of WrestleMania. So I'll let you know if if that does come to pass, if that does come to fruition. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff. I'm I'm trying to stay active as much as I can and probably do more because uh, I think there is... There is something, at least for me, where it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, I'm not a scientist, I'm, I'm not Dr. Fauci out on these streets, John Pollock. I can't, I can't solve these medical issues, but what I can do is get on the microphone for 45 minutes or an hour, 90 minutes in some cases, and have good conversations with people, and, and maybe give somebody a distraction for that time. And so that's, that's what I'm still trying to do through the Kings of Sport. We got the Patreon, of course, Patreon.com/backslash/KingsOfSport. Uh, we got a new show coming out. Uh, well, we we debuted a new show a couple weeks ago uh, called TDT Talks, which is basically just me and a bunch of my podcast friends, kind of one half group therapy, one half pod, podcast all star game. Uh, so uh, we're hoping to get Damien Abraham in on this uh, in in the coming weeks, and you and Way certainly have an invitation to it. Uh, so yeah, you know. In the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K, Nate Mosaic, on Twitter is where you'll find out all that information. And I think, John, what I want to do, I'm going to put this challenge out to the postmarks. Okay. Uh, this is pre-planned. This is spontaneous, folks. Uh, but, uh, you know, I get hit up by postmarks on Twitter from time to time, and they want to be guests on the Rocky Maivia Picture Show. And so what I, w- I will throw this challenge out there to the postmarks. Anybody that makes a donation of $10 or more. Whoa. Did we? Do you still hear Nate? Uh, it was building up to quite a big announcement, and then it just—I <laughs> uh, <What> the... <laughs> think everyone is just stunned at the generous <laughs> offer that Nate was going to make. That I believe if anyone <laughs> donates ten dollars or more, they will be eligible to be a guest on the Rocky Maivia Picture Show. And Mike drop from Nate Milton. I mean, that was incredible. <laughs> We have to get Nate back on just to just to finish that line because that that was that was rather unfortunate that it got cut off. But um, the I, how, I don't know how is maybe this going on your end. How how is everything? going? It's going fantastically up until that point. And uh, as we try to reconnect with with Nate right now, he's probably still talking. He does, probably doesn't even realize he's been <laughs> he's been dusted right now. Man, but Nate um, Milton cutting uh, a Nate Milton <laughs> promo without being on the air is the equivalent of being in an empty arena for and taking like you know, a ladder bump or something. I mean, we can't, we can't just have it uh, thrown out there for nothing. Well, in the meantime, as we try to reconnect with Nate, I want to give some more shout outs here to, Oh, okay. That's not a good sound. I want to give some more shout outs to, uh, to some people here in the chat room. Okay. Sorry about that. We, we go, uh, I want to thank, uh, uh, apologies, everybody. There's a lot to handle right now with, uh, with this whole thing, but, um, what, the super chats just keep uh, pouring in, so thank you all. Uh, let, Daily Brennan, thank you very much for your five euros. He says, I don't even watch wrestling anymore, but I'm happy to still be a Patreon member. We really appreciate that. Fury316 says, what stories do you think will be covered for season three of Dark Side of the Ring? 
Oh, okay. Um, if there's a third season. Yeah, I, I can't imagine there wouldn't be. But, um, you know, they, they have mentioned that uh, one that's high on their list is WCW going to North Korea in 1995 for those shows that featured uh, Ric Flair and Antonio Inoki uh, uh, in Pyeongchang. So that would probably be a subject that they go into. Um, yeah, maybe that's one to throw out for the chat room. I mean, because I would imagine they do something similar like they did for season two where they throw it out to the public. That's how they kind of garnered what topics they were going to cover for season two. Um, you know, I, I prefer kind of more of the kind of more obscure topics. I, I kind of like the fact that they're going with like a Herb Abrams, for instance. And, you know, you have that, that balance, like next week, we're going to see brawl for all. That's going to be completely different from new Jack. That's completely different from Chris Benoit, but we are back with Nate. Nate, you were like just about to make the pronouncement that for anyone on the super chats that donates $10 dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I had to leave you with a cliffhanger, John Pollock. It was pretty <laughs> dramatic. I won't lie. <laughs> uh, for anybody that donates $10 or more on the super chat, I will guarantee you a spot sometime this year on the Rocky Mountain Victor show. So yeah, I don't wow. know. You know guaranteed. guaranteed. So any, any, anybody on the super chat that donates $10 and above, guaranteed a spot this year on the Rocky Mile via picture show. Extremely that generous of you, Nate. Thank you so much. Uh, one of the most talented people I know, Nate Mosaic. Mm. If I was at ESPN or if I was a Fox and I'm looking mm. for people to come on and talk to the public, Nate Milton's at the top of my list. I say that completely seriously. Nate, thank you so much uh, for stopping by and an extremely generous offer from you. And uh, I can't wait till we talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, brothers. You guys stay safe. I appreciate everything you do. Uh, and, and shout out to all the listeners. And I got to go because I got to get back to work. We just signed Todd Gurley. I got to make sure he fits under the CBA, make sure the salary cap is good. I got stuff to do, fellas. I'll talk to y'all later. Nate is out. Thank you very much. So Nate Milton, everybody, you can always catch him. Uh, the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show that drops monthly here at postwrestling.com. And of course, patreon.com slash the kings of sport doing great shows with Marcus Vanderberg, Chris from LA, and always doing fantastic stuff. So Nate Milton, a, a favorite of the Post family. That guy is the best. And what an offer. Um, and I, I feel like already there are going to be a number of special guest hosts. So you heard it first. $10 pledge or more gets you a guest hosting spot on the Rocky Maivia picture show. Nate, Nate so, might, uh, might have to extend beyond Dwayne Johnson. I mean, if there's like a, a slew of people here. So. You might have to like... Yeah, go through all the Scorpion Kings or, or all the, the Randy Couture mummy. Or, or just start reviewing Fast and the Furious over and over again. <laughs> yes. So uh, let me just get, get through some of these Super Chats because there's so many right now. I want to thank Scott Nevenzel who says, Hey, Nate, I love the Rock movie reviews. Steven Gutteridge for his $14.99 uh, uh, pound uh, pledge says, Best wishes to you all from a lockdown London, England. And best wishes to you, Steven Gutteridge, if you wish to take on the Rocky Maivia picture show. Uh, uh, guest hosting gig. Lee Harvey for his two pound pledge. Two pounds, or he says a dollar ninety nine pounds for the King Nate. Great work, lads, as always. MJ again with his four ninety nine. He says he's off of his call and he's here. He's pulling up to the cafe. Welcome back, MJ. I dead two four one nine with a nineteen ninety nine pledge. Says thank you for all the content. As a truck driver who drives all over the USA, it really helps. Yusuf. Baba Hani, thank you for your five dollars. He says thanks for everything. What is your personal favorite WrestleMania moment? 
Sorry, can you just repeat the question? Your personal favorite WrestleMania moment, John? Uh, personal WrestleMania moment? Your favorite, yeah. Okay, favorite WrestleMania moment for me, I would say... Um, I'll go, I'll go back to uh, Owen Hart beating Bret Hart. As a child, I was wow. extremely like happy because as a 10-year-old at that time, I just had the mindset that, well... Bret Hart's going to beat Owen. And when he didn't, like Owen was always one of my favorites as a kid. And when he won, that was, it was awesome. My favorite, I mean, you know, I definitely group my like viewings both as a child and, and as an adult slightly differently. But I, I feel like my favorite might be also from that show, but it was probably at the end of the show when Bret got his like big moment. You know, I think it came off of the disappointment of WrestleMania 9 where he lost. And then to have his moment at 10 as a child, I, I thought that that meant a lot to me. Um, when, when I saw when I saw the video and because this was like scramble vision time, when I finally saw the video and everyone's holding up Brett and Savage and them, they're like waving Owen in. He's standing there and he just like begrudgingly just shakes his head. No, no. I was like, mm -hmm. that's so awesome. I'm not I'm not breaking here. It's great. As an adult, I mean, you know, the Kofi Kingston moment from last year kind of definitely ranks up there. Um, but. Yeah, thank you very much for the question. We go to Chris Marr, who's, who, th who uh, has a 999 pledge, who says, if there could have been a WWE 24 special about any previous WrestleMania with all the behind-the-scenes footage and interviews, which one would you choose? A, pre a WWE 24 special about any previous WrestleMania. Um, yeah, okay, let me think about Probably that. Probably the, the first. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean... I'd love to see one on WrestleMania 10 just because, uh, you know, like we've talked about, that was such a legendary show. Um, let me try to think what else. What else would be really fun to watch? Like, I'm trying um, to look at ones where it would have been a really, um, you know, newsworthy event of, like, what was going on that day. And I just think seven, the first one... 17? I'd love to see. Yeah? Is you just, just see the gobbledygooker up. randomly running around in the uh, the backstage of the Astrodome? Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like 19 was one that they shot a lot of behind the scenes footage for. So they've kind you, you of know made what a special. One, you know what comes to mind? I went to WrestleMania 20 in 2004. And I remember during the day with my friends, we were just kind of walking in the area and we walked by Madison Square Garden. And there is uh, Bill Goldberg arriving. And that would have been a really interesting day for Bill Goldberg and Brock Lesnar prior Absolutely. to their match. Absolutely. We are going to get to our next guest very, very soon. But I wanted to get uh, again, just to give some more shout outs. Th Daniel Stack, thank you for your five dollars. Eric Morrison, thank you for your four to ninety nine. Who says shameless plug from a longtime patron. Don't want to watch WrestleMania Saturday. Check out Time Bomb Pro Wrestling on IWTV at 830 Eastern. So there you go. Uh, MJ, again, thank you for your one ninety nine. He wants to get a Braxton concert for charity. You should ask Braxton. Hadi plays. With his $20 pledge, says, Whoa. I like pickles. Thank you very much, Hattie <laughs> Plays. Pickles are fantastic. Jonathan Barnes, thank you for your $5. He says, I just wanted to support you guys through these tough times, and nice to see you're doing well, Nate. I don't know how Brian's handling this, though. Well, maybe we'll find out soon enough. Um, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing a bit more, a few more shout-outs in in a little bit later on. But first, I'm going to try to get our next guest on the line right now. Yeah, we should, uh, we should brainstorm maybe one or five questions for our next guest. Maybe we can uh, come up with some questions for this, uh, this individual who is oh my goodness. joining us right now. And I don't know what's going on, but I'm just 
I feel like um, this segment is brought to you by LSD or something. Here is Phil Chair Talk, the (laughs) game master himself. And I've got to say, Phil, for people that have simply been exposed to you through five questions or maybe gotten a little beneath the surface when you and I have done shows at two in the morning, I think game night has brought out the true Phil that I know. And how are you? I'm fantastic, guys. How are you two doing? How is the post-wrestling community doing today? I think they're doing fantastic. Can I just confirm, Way? are you watching like the uh, opening credits to Saved by the Bell here with the <laughs> purple and all like these wacky... Fo- uh, like- the, it, the entire world is seeing this right okay. now. Okay, I just um, wanted to make sure that this was the, the view that everyone is seeing. Wh- where are you, Phil? I am uh, in the Big Phil Palace in uh, Aurora, Ontario, Canada, uh, in um, my office here, uh, you know, where uh, I do uh, game night, where I do our uh, after uh, UFC podcast, and I'm just having a grand old time. Can you tell us a bit about game night? Because you were quite the hit last week. We didn't promote this heavily. We wanted to just see how it would go, but rave reviews, Phil, including just from Nate Milton, who was on just before us. Yeah, Nate, uh, the check is in the mail. And uh, yeah, it was a really good time. Uh, we played uh, some really fun games where everybody could uh, join in Discord. Uh, so to sort of summarize, uh, Discord is a interactive way to chat with people in real time. And we've set one up for the post-wrestling community. And uh, through the Discord, you can share links, funny images. It's really just a goofy time. And on our first post-wrestling game night, we use the Discord to interact together and play a series of fun party games. And uh, yeah, everybody had a great time, so we're planning on doing it again soon. You know, uh, Phil has suggested opening up a Discord to us before, and as somebody who knows nothing about Discord, I never use Discord, I recognize it's more of like sort of a platform for gamers. Um, I I didn't really, you know, know what to even expect. But I think, like, you know, just given, I, I think, a greater desire for c- connection these days and with a bit more free time on everybody's hands, it came around at, like, the perfect time. We did, like, a trial uh, test probably, like, last Tuesday, and it was, like, a lot of fun. Um, Like, I, you know, you don't even need to have a system in order to play some of these games, right? So Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. The games uh, we picked uh, uh, were... Uh, I could host the games and anybody could join via the web, be it their mobile device, tablet or a desktop computer. And yeah, the games were a lot of fun. And we've got some more games like that coming up. Uh, we want as many people to participate. We want fans to participate. And uh, that's going to mean uh, not even needing to own a lot of the games that we're going to work with. Uh, and we're going to use a lot of tools for technology. And even if you don't want to play, it's a fun place to hang out. Uh, there was a, uh, over the last week, a lot of people in there talking during dynamite and, uh, breaking news, breaking news guys. Yeah. This, I believe there's something going on this weekend. Is there not something big in the wrestling community? That's right. Yeah. You, you've actually been following some of, uh, Paul Levesque's uh, media appearances this week. Yeah. I did see uh, good old triple H on, uh, Ariel Helwani's show and uh, it intrigued me. What was a um, decent attempt for Ariel to follow up on his big guest last week? I mean, Paul Levesque is... That's right. That's, I mean, look, look, you, you, there's, there is only one top of the mountain. 
right? Um, so uh, yeah, um, and so in regards to that, uh, normally I'm, I'm not one who uh, is watching WrestleMania, um, but you know, for s- reasons beyond my control, I will be home this weekend. So uh, I think what we're gonna do is maybe we're gonna have a watch along in the chat. Uh, everybody come to the Discord. I will make uh, horrible observations about uh, modern pro wrestling. And uh, we can have a fun time making fun of uh, Brock Lesnar and whoever else is on the card. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to be goofballs in uh, the Discord chat. How how does somebody join the Discord? Excellent question. So there is a link in uh, the forums. Um, I will post it again later to remind uh, people. So check the forums. I'll even post it in the chat uh, here uh, before... uh, uh, just after I check out. Um, and yeah, and you can even get an invite uh, from other post uh, users. And if you are a patron, you can go to your patron page and there is a link on there to connect your Discord. And if you are a patron and you don't have Discord, well, you sign it up for Discord and then link your Patreon and you get a little uh, note in the chat uh, indicating that you are a supporter of Post Wrestling. It is essentially like a live chat room, which I think is is a great supplement to the forum and really, really a a way to get more immediate interaction, even if you're not there for games. If you're like you said, you know, uh, we hope to make this place sort of an area for people to do uh, when they're watching Raw or Dynamite or any other pay-per-views to have a place to to get people to chat chat along with. So uh, as Phil mentioned, you can go to the forums for a link and I'm sure we'll be posting our links uh, throughout the uh, our social media as well. Uh, Before we go, Phil. Pardon? Oh, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, and, and just, uh, you know, as Wei mentioned, we sort of did a soft launch. So as we're gearing up, uh, we're going to have more things going on in the chat. Uh, so working on some things to make it more interactive um, as well. And uh, one thing I didn't mention was uh, last time we did a giveaway. Uh, we gave away some post-wrestling swag. And I can promise in the next uh, event, we're going to be give, uh, doing a giveaway again. And uh, thanks to you guys, I can announce what the giveaway is. Uh, we're going to give away one of those awesome T-shirts today that you guys, uh, the I Wasn't There uh, T-shirts. Yes. We're going to give one of those away. So make sure that two are safe for me, one to wear, and the other for whoever's going to win uh, the prize on the next game night. Okay? I had no idea. So, yeah, That's absolutely. Right. You, you got it, Phil. When Phil, Don't when worry, Phil but, requests, uh, you, you I, we're, we're, we're gonna t- Big Phil will take care of all the costs. And because uh, it's going to a worthy, 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 uh, worthy, worthy, uh, you know, location. You know, you guys are going uh, well above and beyond what I think anyone would expect of anyone at this time. So thank you, guys. Well, Phil, I do have to ask an MMA question as Dana White continues to play Homer Simpson chasing after the turkey that he maintains is still good. That being UFC 249. Two weeks out. How dire does this card look, and what is your over-under on this card happening? Likely or unlikely? Uh, I'd say it's pretty dire, John. Holy. It's uh, <laughs> some serious. Uh, what is like going on? Right <laughs> Phil uh, has just turned into a skeleton here in the live chat. Oh, my God. How do we get your powers? Well, uh... I mean, unfortunately, I can't claim that there's any magic going on here. Just some uh, good old uh, computer fat computer, you know. See, 
See, John, like I've I've always heard your friend Phil on these MMA reviews. You know, I know he practices jujitsu. He seems like a very well, like you know, well thought out uh, with his analysis and, and everything. Uh, this is one of the most I, interesting people I've ever met in my life. Uh, never did I picture the why uh, the full the full scope of Phil. It's just amazing. Now, one thing I need to point out about these MMA shows: there's a big difference from Phil at one o'clock in the morning on a you know Saturday night you know, after a, a few tall cans versus, you know, Tuesday, Thursday afternoon, you know, you know, beauts, beautiful sunny day. I've got ribs on the barbecue. You know, it's a good time. There's a lot of energy here. I, I think you've certainly, from, from the early days of doing those UFC shows, I mean, you, you have come a long way. There are times that I would connect with Phil and I mean, you, you were like on death's door, but you always would, uh, Build yourself. You were like Greg Valentine. It took maybe 15 minutes to really get your motor running. But I think you've just uh, now you're tons of energy right at the start. I feel I'm the one that has to keep up. Greg Valentine. That's so interesting. I met Greg Valentine once in in Mississauga. He was uh, I was as in everyone. I was a, I had a when I was a 15. Uh, my boss introduced me to the dirt sheets. Like I wasn't into wrestling. He's like, no, it's so cool behind the scenes. And then he took me to this show at Abyss Nightclub on a Sunday night in Mississauga. And Greg the Hammer Valentine was there and uh, the garbage can guy, the garbage guy. And uh, I think even King Kong Bundy. I think King Kong Bundy was there. And there was like a crowd of like 20. All right. <laughs> Phil, thank you very much. We'll look forward to hearing more about your, your uh, interactions with former wrestlers in the Discord on a game night. So appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. And remember, everybody stop by the Discord for uh, WrestleMania. We're just going to be extremely silly. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks a lot uh, for having me. We'll do Bye. Korean barbecue in November. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Unless Ziggy has a date. Ask him about how I interrupted his date, his virtual date last night. Okay, okay. we're we're being annoying now. Uh, okay. So let's let's move on. Thank you, Phil, and we'll get back on track. <laughs> I will, not I will, at all. Are you kidding me? When I'm talking with Phil, I have no regard that anyone else is listening, and it's just for my <laughs> personal entertainment. As I mentioned, he is a uh, he is my Gordon for long time. That listeners. that that is that is quite the quite the compliment. All right, thank you very much, Phil. Uh, I want to go back to uh, some of these super chats. Andrew McDonald, he says, uh, I can't think of a question, but thank you for your uh, super chat anyway. Much thank appreciated. You. Marcus Crouch, thank you for your five dollars. He says, please, please talk some sense into Dana White. He's out of his mind. I'll call him up right now. You know, th there was a time that I could call Dana directly, and and he would pick up. Years Is that ago, right? A long time ago. Hmm. Jonathan Barnes, thank you for your ten dollars. He says, I shall challenge you, brother Nate. Fury 316. This is, uh, of course, this is back when Nate announced the challenge. Thank you for your $15, Fury 316. He says, I'm down, Nate. Jay Infamous, <laughs> thank you for your pledge. And he wants to specifically tell you, John, turn down your lights. I think they look fine right now. You, you let lights. me know, way. I, I mean, if I, it's like one master light. So if I turn it off, it'll be completely dark. It'll be too dark, unfortunately. Uh, but that's okay. John Ceno Evil says, let's do it, Nate. He wants to talk about G.I. Joe 2. And thank you very much, John Ceno, for your $10 pledge. Nate's going to have like, Nate's going to like have like 30, 
like guest host by the end of all this. He just extended uh, his series by maybe a year. Because Jared Taylor just pledged $20, and he says he wants to support a good cause and potentially discuss Skyscraper. This is nuts. I I did not fathom this this, um, response to this. I was expecting, like, if we could, like, get 100 bucks, that'd be really cool. Like, that'd be a really great gesture. At present, we're up to 440 right now. Wow, that's incredible. That's so incredible. It's wonderful. In addition, of course, to all the proceeds from the T-shirts, which I want to give some shout outs for, for people who purchase those as well later on. But Brian Strick, Strelekis, for his $10.05, he says, challenge accepted. Nate, John and Way, what have been the biggest surprise and biggest challenges since starting post-wrestling? Oh, the biggest challenges have been, I I think it's just a lot that's on our plates. And I think we've, you can see, you know, just based on shows like this, it's, I, I'm always quick to point, this is not a two man operation. There's a lot of help that we we get at this point, but it's, it's a lot when everything is us, like in, in a prior lifetime, it was so much just doing the shows and everything above and beyond like the business end. We didn't have anything to do with that. And now that's, that's a huge part of it. A lot of the dull stuff, like accounting and all the stuff that would be very, very uh, cumbersome to go through. Uh, that's kind of not our favorite thing in the world, but necessary. I kind of agree there. You know, if anything, like doing the podcast, like something like this is still just incredibly fun. Um, a lot of hours, a lot of work goes into it, but what, by the time it's time to execute, to get everybody out there to like, you know, uh, pay attention to like what we have to say about wrestling. To me, that's still a, a real privilege and it's something I still enjoy. Um, we got a Chris Thunder who has uh, pledged $10 Australian. He says, good morning from Australia. Thank you for the countless hours of support. Nate, I'll take that challenge. Cool Gang Big B also with the $10 pledge. No message, though, but I'm assuming uh, maybe he'll have something to say with Nate. This is, Everybody is just here for Nate. Ron Bandish, thank you for your $5. He says, never did a super chat message, but if it goes to a good cause, then it's, a nice, it's nice to try out, I guess. Raymond Terry has pledged... $50. He says he joined late. He doesn't have a question. He just wanted to show appreciation for us for doing these streams. Keep up the great work and support of charities and circumstances like these. Thank you very much, Raymond, uh, on, on behalf of uh, both of the charities, but really everybody uh, here. That is incredibly generous. P.S. has uh, pledged $5 euro. He says, support some indies, everybody. I ordered WXW Now and BJW Core. John Cino, thank you for your $2.05. Do you think Cedric and Ricochet kidnapped Raul and Wild? Wow. I like that he pledged $2.05 and pledged it for two guys that uh, probably could be on 205 Live in no time uh, with Cedric moving back and Ricochet potentially. Um, in terms of, well, what's, what's your thought on that question? It is such a weird angle um, to do in 2020 in that it just comes across so cheesy. But you know, because like even the masks that they put on are just like so bad looking that I have to imagine there's, you know, some some funny reveal at the end about who this is. I'm intrigued, but like, you know, everything is certainly up in the air and uh, how they'll pay it off. I, it would be kind of disappointing if it was like a 205 feud, right? It'd have to be something bigger than that, don't you think? Um, I, I would not I would not hold my breath on anything involving those two in anything prominent at the moment. But we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, and look at this. Big Phil combo himself. Phil Chertog pledging $50. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 
thank thank you so much, Phil. Not just for uh, donating your time, but but uh, donating so much to a, a great cause. And instead of a question, he sent out this wonderful GIF. Um, <laughs> you could Is it him turning into a room. skeleton? Uh, no, no. It's it's a it appears to be a pair with a headband dancing in a city block in the background. So, yeah. Well, thank you, everyone. Your generosity is is so incredible. And I just I want to the, like restate this point. All of these proceeds are going to the foundations mentioned. I don't want anyone to think there's anything you know that we're doing for, uh, for this. It's all, all the proceeds are going to two extremely worthy causes as well. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, in a bit, I want to give some shout outs to uh, the people who purchased T-shirts. But before we do that, I'm going to do our best to try to get our next guest on the line right now. John. This one, uh, I always appreciate the guests that uh, check in with me and bring me up to speed on any potential time zone changes. Uh, this person on top of things to make sure uh, that was the one thing uh, setting up our guests, the most reliable people in the world. And that includes the man behind the Chronicles, some of the best interviews in wrestling. We're talking about James from the British Wrestling Experience, who is with us. Jamesy, how are you? Hi guys, how are you? We're doing well. Uh, you are our, our most ambitious one, joining us from all the way over in in Ireland, and it's uh, great to connect with you. Uh, how how are things holding up there? Why don't you give us a, a sense of um, where where things are uh, in your neck of the woods? Um, I suppose it's. I think things. Looking at the worldwide picture, I think things are, are pretty much. The same here as they are in most places that I'm aware of at this point. Um, we are, without the government ever using the specific word lockdown, we, we are more or less in lockdown. Um, unless you're, what's the word they use, an essential worker, um, you're pretty much housebound at the moment. Um, you, you're allowed to leave your leave your house within a two kilometre radius and take a little bit of exercise and that kind of thing. But otherwise, it's, it, it's very much kind of... Um, as I said, they're not using the word lockdown. Maybe it sounds a little bit extreme, but for all intents and purposes, that's the way we are at the moment, you know. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's a big discussion in the U.S. right now that they're not going to that length imposing a national lockdown. But the discussion of is that necessary? Like, do we have to, um, you know, in institute such a such a measure at this point to convey how serious this is? I mean, that's that's kind of what a lot of these countries are at, at that point facing right now and kind of being one step before having to do such a thing. Yeah, like, I mean, and I, I'm no public health expert or no medical expert, but like my my feeling would be that um, the example we have to look at, I think, is South Korea, where, um, you know, it, it kind of, it, it happened there before it did over here. And what they did pretty much was they tested as many people as they could. They were as strict as they could with people's movements from a very early point. Um, and... I think I think the sooner you act in a thing like this, the better, you know, um, and like, yes, it will inconvenience people. And yes, there will be a lot of serious repercussions from the t from the point of view of people's jobs and from the economic point of view. But that is still better than letting this thing kind of run rampant, you know, and um, I think like, we have to like we give the Irish government a lot. of. I think I think in most countries we like to give out about our government, don't we, and our leaders and that kind of thing. And we'd be no different over here in Ireland. But I have to give them credit over here. They did act pretty quickly here, you know, like schools here have been closed for nearly two and a half weeks now. 
mm-hmm. and they've kind of they've kind of ramped up the measures in the last kind of two two and a half weeks um and a kind of a gradual way so it wasn't too much of a shock to the system for people um and it's it's kind of showing in the numbers the numbers aren't too bad here at the moment and they're not exploding in the way that they might be in in the UK and even in the US at the moment was there a major turning point event, you know, you would say, Jamesy, for, for uh, you know, the people of Ireland, like there was here in North America on that evening where, you know, you had the combination of Tom Hanks and also Rudy Gobert and the NBA shutting down as sort of like, to me, the big night where everybody realized, oh, shit, this is a big deal. The, the one I go back to would be, um, I think it's probably a about two weeks ago, it was uh, St. Patrick's Day, actually. That's what it was. Like traditionally every year on St. Patrick's Day, um, our we call him a Taoiseach in Irish, which is basically our prime minister, our leader, would address the nation. And it's usually a kind of a, it's the same speech every year, you know what I mean? And it's nothing that anybody kind of sits down to watch or, or makes a big deal about. But this year he, he kind of addressed the nation and it was very somber and it was very serious and it was very... I think the best thing about it was it was very honest. And I think that's what the Irish government have have kind of done very well. They've been honest with people. They've been realistic. They've they've explained things very well. You know, like on a daily basis, we, we get updates from the chief medical officer here where, where, where they give the numbers. They explain why they're doing what. If something isn't going well, they're very upfront about it. Like at the moment, we have a shortage of, um, you know, the, the testing that they do, the, the swabs that they take. But there's there's a shortage of something that the labs use to kind of process those tests. And they're very upfront about it. And they're kind of honest with people and saying, look, you won't get your test results for two weeks because there's a worldwide shortage of this particular chemical. Um, and I think when you explain things to people and you're upfront about it, people accept it. But um, yeah, going back to, to, to that St. Patrick's Day speech, like it was a great speech. It, and again, like the, the, he would have been an out. We had a general election here just before this thing happened and we should have had a new government by now. But that was all kind of shelved when this happened and they've kind of kept the old guy in the job in a kind of a caretaker capacity. And he wasn't a particularly popular leader before this. Um, he was disliked by people for a number of reasons. Like we have a housing crisis in this country. Uh, we have a homelessness crisis in this country. And and people felt that his government hadn't maybe done an awful lot to kind of help out with that. Um, but he spoke very well on that evening. And like it was one of those. Do you remember where you were kind of a thing that I think I'll be telling mm-hmm. I'll be telling my kids about when they're a little bit older and that kind of thing. Do you remember where you were when our leader kind of addressed us? And it was it, it, it meant a lot to people. And I think from talking to people, it was real. like what you want from your leaders at a time like this, I think, is reassurance. You kind of want to get the feeling that the people in charge you know, his message was, if you help us and if we all pull together, we have got this and we will come out the other end of it. And like I, I, at that point, I had a lot of questions in my head. I was quite worried about the whole thing. And I did feel reassured. And like, that's that's what I think you want from your leadership at a time like this. And it's, I suppose, you know, if you compare to that to the situation in America or even in the UK, I, I wonder, do people get that same reassurance from their leaders? And I'm not quite sure that they do, you know. I know you did talk about this already on the British wrestling experience, but you mm, were kind of yeah. caught caught with that dilemma as this is all sort of unfolding because you were set to go to, to Germany for 16 karat weekend. And ultimately you made the decision not to go. Uh, can you just take us back to a little bit about that, that decision process? And I'm, I'm certain in, in hindsight, you know, very happy that you didn't go. I, I even messaged you yourself. I was yeah, happy to yeah. hear you did not go. Um, but yeah. that, you know, it's tough for people that have built to all of this. And this was this was a month ago where, 
you know, there's some that, you know, we're, we're learning so much about this on a daily basis and to look at just where things were a month ago. God, and doesn't that feel like that month ago feel like it, that March that we just went through feels like the longest month. It, like it, it feels like six months of a month almost, doesn't it? You know, it's hard to yeah. believe that's, that's a month ago at this point. But yeah, like I was all set to go to Carrot. Um, myself and Benno were going to go. We were we were going on press passes. You know, it, it, it's my trip away every year to go to Germany and to kind of get a get a, a little break from family life and a bit of time to myself. And I had been looking for, I always look forward to these trips. Like, you know, it's, it's my WrestleMania weekend in many ways. You know what I mean? Like a lot of my friends from Ireland and the UK and Germany go. Um, um, and I was all set to go. And then in, in the week before it, like this coronavirus thing was starting and it was already like it, 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 it. I don't think it was even in Ireland at that point, but it was in Germany and in the particular region of Germany where Oberhausen is that carrot happens. It was already quite widespread. It was it was the most widespread part of Germany. And like I literally spent that whole week. Literally, I think the amount of times I searched on Twitter the words Germany coronavirus and, and trying to find out would travel into Germany be restricted. And I remember speaking to my boss in work, like I was due to fly on the Friday morning and I spoke to my boss in work on the Thursday morning and I said, look, I'm supposed to go to Germany and I work in the in the, the health service here in Ireland. So like that there would be particularly maybe extra restrictions on me than say people in different jobs. And I ran it by her and she said, look, go, you know, that there is nothing to stop you going. There's no restrictions on you when you come back. At that point, Germany wasn't class classified as one of the in inverted commas, coronavirus affected countries, I suppose. And um, so that was great. And I finally relaxed and I breathed a sigh of relief. And I kind of finally I could kind of, you know, I could let myself be excited to go. And I was on my way home that evening and I was literally going to the ATM to take my cash out for the weekend. And my phone buzzed in my pocket and it was a message from my boss saying, you won't believe this, but I've just um, been watching the news and there's been a change in the um, the rules we have around travel for healthcare workers. And the, the upshot of it all was that it was almost certain that at that point, if I had gone, I would have had to self-isolate for two weeks, which at the time, even then I was kind of thinking, will I just go and come back and self-isolate? But but like I've got young kids and I have a lot going on and it's, yeah. it's not really, it's just not on the cards for me to self-isolate unless I really have to, you know what I mean? So this was a kind of a thing where I would be choosing to do it, you know what I mean? And I couldn't in all good conscience kind of make that decision and leave my wife in the lurch carrying the can with everything for two weeks after I came home, you know? Um, so I made the decision and you know, it was it was a difficult weekend, I suppose, because the, the the whole the tournament went ahead, which in hindsight probably shouldn't have when you think about what has happened since. They literally got away with it in terms of on like Carrot is a three day event. And on the Sunday, the final day, the government announced that gatherings of I think it was over 500 were banned. So literally, if Carrot had happened two or three days later, it wouldn't have gone ahead at all, you know. So they literally, by the skin of their teeth, got away with it. But like, looking back, like, you know, I'm sure you've heard like our friend Benno kind of felt quite ill when he came back and he had traveled to a few places in the weeks before that. And he's pretty sure that he had the coronavirus. And, you know, when when I hear about that, um, when I when I see what's happening now, and when I see everything that's going on, I'm pretty, you know, I don't really have those regrets about going anymore, about not going anymore. I'm pretty happy in my decision. And yeah, so that was that. Yeah. You know, it's something um, I think about a lot is let's say all of this went down two weeks later. And at this point in time, we were in Tampa 
and WrestleMania hadn't been pulled, nothing had been pulled, and we were all down there. And God forbid, like, man, like, I think in many ways, like, we got lucky as wrestling fans that, that you know, the timing of which I, that everything happened did happen because it gave us enough time to just completely, like, bail on, on our plans and just yeah. firmly decide not to be there. Because if it was that much closer, I mean, the amount of stress that I'm sure you had in trying to make a decision, you've already yeah. paid your, your all this stuff, people have already booked their hotels. Uh, I could see a lot of people just kind of diving in and taking those chances. But luckily, like things were pretty much pretty far out that I would say, like the decision was kind of made for us. Yeah. And in, in a way that that's what I was hoping would happen to me that week. I was I, what I wanted to see on Twitter when I was doing those searches was flights to Germany no longer happening or, or gatherings in Germany of over 500, or, you know, and then the decision is made because it is a huge dilemma. You know what I mean? And like for a lot of people, their WrestleMania weekend is their big weekend of the year. You know what I mean? It's the thing that they live for. And it's it's it, it's their holiday that they don't go away in the summer. They go away in April instead and, and they meet their friends once a year. And it's a big deal, you know, and, you know, if, if it had run wrestling fans are so diehard that that a, a big majority of them would have gone and you can only imagine the catastrophic like you know we'd be looking at florida as one of those what's the words they use kind of a, a hot spot or a nucleus of of the whole thing now you know epicenter. what i mean like so yeah. epicenter that's the word they use in the news isn't it yeah exactly like and much as it's sad to be sitting like i was saying to my friends earlier we were talking in the group chat about like we should be sitting down to watch blood sport i think that was one of the shows that was going to happen tonight and mm-hmm. WrestleCon would have happened tonight and yes, that's sad to think about and it's a pity and it's, you know, we suddenly have an awful lot of spare time in our hands where there isn't wrestling, but it is just wrestling. You know what I mean? And, and you know, you, you think about the people who are going out there at the moment risking their lives to help people and sick people and that kind of thing. And the responsibility we have to each other, it, it, it's right that it's not happening. You know what I mean? And like, you know, I don't know if it's something we were going to talk about or not. Like the fact that wrestlers are still going to work for some companies in wrestling yeah. it really doesn't sit well with me at the moment. Like, I really think that is wrong. Yeah, I think it's one that like, even if you were like, uh, like it, it bothered me pretty much from the start. And I think that, you know, yeah. you go back to that first SmackDown and I think people were still looking at, you know, is, you know, open minded to the idea. Like, is there if there's safety precautions in place, is this OK to go through? And I would say that, you know, as it evolves, I think more and more people have kind of come to that realization. But here we are, Jamesy, and, you know, there, there's no sign yet that. WWE or AEW, like we see what UFC is trying to press forward with, um, you know, those those are going to get the larger attention than a lot of other companies that have been pretty responsible in this. When you see, you know, a lot smaller companies like the NWA shutting down operations, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. OTT that had sold 2000 tickets for Scrapper Mania have to, you know, w- withhold and, and not go through with their biggest show of the year that I mean, that yeah. that's going to have a tremendous impact on their business. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, you know, like I'm still in work at the moment, but, but like my my workplace is a vastly different place to, to, to what it was a month ago. You know what I mean? Like everybody is keeping their distance from each other. We are viewed as, as the essential ones, you know, we are viewed as providing an essential service to people that we have to be there. You know what I mean? Uh, But like, you know, our, our lunch canteen now is we're all sitting apart from each other. You know, people are stepping out of each other's way in corridors. People are turning their back on people when they're passing them in corridors. You know, the the people that are there that have to be there are are doing their best to be responsible. And, And then you see wrestlers, 
you know, and the intimate contact that they make with each other and sweat and, and, and saliva and all the bodily fluids that they inadvertently share while they're wrestling. You know what I mean? It's when you actually think about that happening and like wrestling is not an essential thing. It's, it's, it's one of the least essential things really when you think about it, you know what I mean? And like th- those people are at serious risk, you know what I mean? And it only takes one person to maybe show up to work who already has it and who doesn't have symptoms because it's one thing telling someone like the Miz to go home who's who's got a cough or who's got a fever or something like that. But like this thing, a lot of people walk around with this thing and never have any symptoms and feel absolutely fine. And like, it's it's just, it's just not right. You know what I mean? And like the, the Roman Reigns thing as well. Like, I mean, I, you know, he, he had, he had cancer of his limb, of his white blood cells, basically, which is what my understanding of leukemia is. And my understanding is your white blood cells are literally the thing that fights off infection for you. You know what I mean? He had cancer of his white blood cells. And even though, like, you could say he hadn't wrestled, he's showing up to a crowded locker room. He's getting on airplanes. He's getting on, you know, he's traveling. He's in close contact with people. Like, the minute this thing broke, he should have been told to sit at home. You know what I mean? There shouldn't have been any question of him going anywhere. He should be at home with his family. And that decision, it's a bit like my trip to Germany. Somebody should have made that decision for him because we know how, how fooled. These are athletes. Like we, we've yeah. like, we, we understand the mindset of these athletes that, and especially pro wrestlers where that yes. show must go on mentality Absolutely. is drilled yeah. into them. I yeah. completely yeah. agree with you. Yeah, like these guys, if they're left to their own devices, will wrestle while concussed. You know what I mean? Like they need to be told that this isn't safe. You know what I mean? And like there needs to be somebody in these companies being a little bit more responsible than what they are doing at the moment. You know what I mean? And to what end? To present a WrestleMania to us in an empty arena. You know what I mean? And like it's it's the weirdest WrestleMania week ever. I don't know. I don't think people don't know what to feel about this show. I think on a certain level, they're glad there's something on to watch this weekend, but also it's just so strange that there's going to be this weird empty arena WrestleMania. Like it's, uh, and they're putting people at risk for that. You know, it's, it's just all very odd to me. Well, James, the, um, First of all, um, stay safe. I mean, you're doing, you know, uh, your work, um, being in, in the line of work that you're in, uh, we're all thinking about you and the people that are out there that are providing such essential services during this time. I mean, you people are doing, um, you know, the, the things that we're so grateful for as, uh, as a worldwide uh, society. So, and I just want to thank you as well for uh, taking some time out to, to join us. I definitely want to get you on here to chat about all of these subjects. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Anytime at all. Delighted to come on. And the same to you guys. I hope you're staying safe. I hope we don't miss each other too much. It must be very strange for you guys to be apart so much. You're like I'm a, talking you're like more a, to John like now than <laughs> I'm talking more to John now than ever. Oh. <laughs> That's the way it goes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's my goal to not get on waste nerves. That's what I'm trying to do at, at, at this point. So, uh, Excellent. Stay safe, Jamesy. And uh, of course, the British Wrestling Experience, they'll have a new episode up on Friday. So everyone can uh, look forward to that. Uh, some of the, the best minds in the industry that come together on a biweekly basis uh, <laughs> with Jamesy, Benno, and Martin Bushby. As I said on a prior show, when I need something calming, which I think we all need, uh, your three voices are seriously like very. <laughs> I just like throwing you guys on. And it's like, it is, it, it's wrestling stuff, but it's, uh, I just find that you guys have such a relaxing tone to your conversations. 
Oh, uh, well, that means the world. Thanks a million, guys. Really, really appreciate it. And, and yeah, a new episode coming on Friday. So we're literally going to record it now in about an hour's time. So oh, yeah, fantastic. Watch, watch out for that on Friday. I'm, I'm just, this is my warm-up session now. <laughs> there you go. All the best, Jamesy. Thanks, Thanks a, million, a lot guys. for stopping Stay by. Stay safe. Thanks so much. See Jamesy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, that's great. Um, British Wrestling Experience, uh, a fantastic show. Uh, yes, we are somewhat biased because it's on our network, but comes out every other Friday and the new episode will be up. Uh, tomorrow, um, when everyone is listening to this on Friday, heading into WrestleMania weekend. Uh, Way, uh, the floor is yours if you have any more shoutouts. Yes, I do. Uh, before I, I get back into the Super Chats, I want to thank everybody who's purchased a t-shirt from store.postwrestling.com. Again, uh, all proceeds from the sale of this Robert Pearson design t-shirt will be going towards the two charities that we have mentioned earlier. And I want to thank Jamie Stalker, Neil Flanagan, Thomas Mulligan, Matthew Kurtzman, Tony Arthur, Sean Alley, Brandon from New Jersey, Stan Cohen, Scrump, John Ceno, Doug Greenwood, Krishnendu Saha, Dustin Godwin, Rob Kaminsky, Nick Exty, Ron Bandish, Eddie Trujillo, Frank Solo, and Phil Chertok for purchasing one of these shirts. Uh, thank you all for the support, and uh, please wear them proudly. I'd love to uh, be able to see some photos. And of course, yeah, store.postwrestling.com. We're going to have these available... Probably until, mm, well, we'll, we'll kind of, maybe until like the weekend, you know, well, so they'll, they'll only be available for a limited time and then we'll be taking them off and then we'll be sending our, uh, those pledges after that. But, uh, in addition to that, I want to give some shout outs here to the super chat group. Thank you, Sean Kelly for your $5. He says, I'll drop in five bucks. You're a good man. Ryan Q. Thank you for your 2099 Canadian. Um, I, I hope, uh, no message from him, but, um, Hopefully we get to hear from him on a Rocky Maivia picture show in the future. MJ sends another three ninety nine and also a super sticker, a GIF as well. Frank Sulo, $10. Hi, John Away. Glad to be able to help out. Cool alternative to have everyone else out with everyone else with me here who would have been in Tampa. Burning question for us foodies is, what was the VIP lunch going to consist of? Oh, um, do, do do you know the answer to that? I have no idea, but I know it was going to be good because the Art Institute, Institute of Tampa has like a culinary school attached to it. So like it was going to be, I'm sure, like, you know, pretty like fancy. It wasn't just going to be like, you know, like basic finger food. Um, unfortunately, we won't be able to find out. Um, maybe someday we'll make it back to Tampa. It was not going to be the pizza from Tiger King. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, dude, that's dude. Disgusting. That was like of all the things. That's like one scene that really sticks with me. That makes me sick to my stomach. Stomach every time I think of it. The Walmart discount meat. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm the one that keeps going off into that. I I need to get it out of my system on this show next week. We will Tuesday. Dan Muller, thank you for your ten dollars. Hey guys, thanks for doing this. As a New Yorker, this has been absolutely wild. Anyway, if it was available, would you have rather seen WrestleMania in an empty Raymond James Stadium or the PC? Oh, I. I think they're doing the better option of the two. I think inside of a stadium would have just been uh, really bad because you're trying to hide that the emptiness of it. But, you know, going back just to like Jamesy's point, like just kind of removing yourself from just covering this this weekend way like you're I'll say like if we weren't doing these shows this weekend, number one, I wouldn't be watching these shows live. And I'm pretty sure I would have been picking like two or three matches like I just I'm not saying like positive negative. I just don't. I don't look at these shows as any different than what we've been watching with raw and SmackDown. It's just, it's just two other shows to me. I wonder if you have a similar viewpoint or if there is some, some level of heightened interest. I, 
for me there is because it, it is wrestlemania um but you know in execution i i do feel like it'll re- feel very much like a raw i mean to me i look at these shows as like shows that they for whatever reason feel like they have to put on rather than you know things that i think are yeah some things that match an artist's true intent you're putting extreme limitations on people who are typically incredibly creative uh, and, you know, uh, you would assume on a stage like WrestleMania would be able to create something that is to their vision. Something like what we're going to see on the weekend, I have to imagine, will be a very, very, very watered down of whatever those those visions probably were. And um, as such, my expectations are, are very low. But I, I would be lying if I said I didn't have a curiosity about what they're going to do. There is that curiosity. I would say that if if I was a performer on these shows, I would want my match to be one of the first ones where it the novelty is still a factor versus hour three, when I think that the audience is certainly going to have, I mean, you're going to have to be very creative in the presentation of match after match after match for three hours plus a kickoff uh, versus the raw format where you are getting these breaks, you have promo segments, and the matches themselves are not front and center. You know, they are like they did pre-tape everything and so they can rejig the order however they would like. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of difficult for the performers to even know where they would be when they would uh, go ahead and do it. Uh, as we try to get our next guest on, I wanted to give a few more shout outs. Our man Neil, 40 pounds, says, I love James E., one of the greatest Irishmen alive. More Chronicles, please. Thank you so much, Neil, for your pledge. Jared Taylor, thank you for your dollar forty nine. He also sends a hot dog for all of us. Know your wrestling pledges, 10 pounds. He says, happy to help such worthy causes. Thank to you, thanks to you guys for keeping us all sane during this crazy time. And I believe, John, we have our next guest on the line. Well, you know what, everybody? The last time there was a major uh, fear of a crisis, it was Y2K. Everyone was worried about 2000. So I thought, how do we keep it 2000? We get Nate Milton and then we get Brian Mann to join us. Brian, how are my intros off the top of my head going? Oh, very. I mean, I assumed you were queuing up uh, Review America when you're talking about a crisis hitting the the, the world. So oh, that I'm was surprised. Two, that was 2016. Yes. And uh, anyway, how Swerve. Let's just let's just start it off right there. How? <laughs> yeah. As as an American, how mm-hmm. safe do you feel right now? And how? Because these are the moments when leadership is truly defined and what these leaders, I think, are ultimately going to be remembered for in their handling or mishandling of this. And I I think like you can point to many different uh, examples of both, I think, good and bad. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, not only am I in America, I'm also in New York, which is kind of where, uh, you know, sort of epicenter of a lot of this stuff is, is at right now. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think these are times when people uh, look to their leaders for um, they need to believe in something. And I think that for a lot of people, if you actually even look at kind of where Trump's approval ratings have been on his handling on this, I think that people can't like the idea of thinking their leaders have completely botched this and maybe their handling of it have actually led to it getting worse. I think it's so hard for a lot of people to like really grasp. They don't even want to think about it. They just want to think, hey, our leaders are are doing what they can. And I think honestly, you want your leadership can, to succeed, right? Like you're, you're rooting I, for success, obviously. And you want to see these leaders, no matter what your opinion is of them, you want to see mm-hmm. them rise to the occasion and be taking care of you. They want to have that faith. Right. And I, I think the thing that most people are probably looking for right now, I would say is um, just uh, some sense of calm. Some, I mean, really, we don't have the answers. We don't know. We don't know what's coming next. Um, 
we're learning this day by day. And I think that's what people kind of, you know, hope for. I, I think we've had some pretty good leadership here in New York, uh, all things considered. I look on, unfortunately, though, to the state of Georgia, where I'm from, where my family still is. And they just yesterday shut down the state. And the governor was saying no one knew that this thing could pass between people without symptoms 24 hours ago, which we knew this three months ago. Uh, so that's patently not true. Uh, so it, it is one of those things that I think in a moment like this, when there really is no two sides, you can't just attack the virus verbally and have some sort of effect on it. Um, I think a lot of, um, I don't know, I think it's a very revealing moment uh, for, for a lot of people in power. It seems that it also has kind of, uh, like you could maybe speak to this better better than I could, but I think that this has, like this eliminates kind of that that partisan divide that is has just become at such a toxic level in politics. And, and I'm not discounting, like that is something we see in Canada as well. This is not me just focusing on the US, but you know, in this time of crisis, it is, imperative that we have much less of left versus right and just what are our solutions and what's the best way to navigate our way towards those. Yeah, I hope so. And hopefully uh, we'll start to see some of that. Unfortunately, we have also seen a bit of a cultural divide in terms of uh, this thing looks like it's going to hit the southeast a lot heavier. Um, And quite frankly, it's because a lot of these places didn't react as quickly as they should have. Um, You know, it's, you know, I, I don't think this is a left versus right thing. What I'm about to say, I think it's it's an unfortunate thing that there were very reckless news outlets that spread misinformation about this, that wanted to say it was a hoax. And unfortunately, um, that's going to affect some areas uh, you know, of the world that, that uh, take in that kind of media. And again, I'm not saying it's a left versus right thing. Um, I think that really is just a, you know, uh, people need to be responsible what they put out there. What would you say if you, you know, were able to encapsulate it is, is the, mm-hmm. the mood in New York right now? How, how serious are people taking this? Um, and New York to me is, is it's much more difficult to, I would say, self-isolate in a place like that when people don't necessarily can't drive. If they have to go to work, they have to take mm-hmm. the subways. And it's a city that I feel is a lot more connected than even Toronto. So how is everybody taking this right now? Well, I can certainly tell you about the mood in my apartment. Uh, I'm very aware of that. Uh, things are things are, are are relatively good here. I mean, I, I've been fairly uh, fortunate that no one um, directly, you know, that I'm that I'm, you know, sort of connected to has has been affected. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Um, very thankful that I've been able to continue working from home. Uh, but in terms of how people are being affected by this psychologically, you know, still talking to my friends every single day, and it's um it's been a real range. I mean, some people, friends of mine who've lost their jobs pretty much instantly being in the restaurant industry, other people that, you know, the main change there has just been working from home rather than, you know, going to the office every day. Um, food deliveries are still happening. Rest, uh, you can still go to the grocery store. Uh, you go to the grocery store, they cap how many people can be in at a certain time. So there's kind of a line outside uh, to go in. Um, but yeah, it's different. It's definitely a certainly a, a, a different mood. Uh, for me, what I've just found most effective is we don't know what things going to go. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how, how bad it will get. So um, just sort of do the best you can while you can. Don't stress out too much about where things are headed. Um, and I think being here in New York, that's kind of been the best thing um, for us too. You know, uh, who knows? You know, honestly, who who knows? I, I think Cuomo today was kind of tar- targeting August as would maybe the earliest that people can maybe start going back to work. So, you know, just doing, uh, doing the best we can, you know, to sign of taking care of yourself first and foremost. How about your, yourself personally? Are you, are you going out at all? Like what's kind of keeping you uh, level-headed uh, throughout all of this? Like myself, I have to get out at least once a day and go for a walk mm-hmm. for like an hour just because I just can't stay indoors that amount of time. But um, what, what, what are you doing just to pass the time and try and stay as you know sane as we can right now? 
Well, I, I, again, I'm fortunate that I have uh, my building has a roof that I'm able to go to. So that's a nice uh, way to go outside. Uh, I know people would kind of throw in shade or something to people. Uh, you know, some of the parks have been kind of crowded here in the city. Not everyone has that an outdoor space to go and, and, and be in. So the roof has been fairly helpful, uh, you know, running out for errands still. I will say for me, uh, I don't get out as much as I probably should. Sometimes I just get kind of locked in on, on working. Or, uh, you know, the weather hasn't been super great the last couple of days. But, yeah, as, as it gets better, you know, also even just keeping the windows open goes a long way. As someone that did work in WWE, mm-hmm. uh, t- just tell me from, from afar watching here, like, I think anyone that has followed this company for any length of time, and, I mean, this does extend to, to beyond WWE as well, but, I mean, no one can be surprised that this has been Vince McMahon's response to this, that here we are speaking on April 2nd, and WWE has not announced that shows are suspended, that we are putting production on hold. It has been all it has been all systems go since all of this. Um, does any yeah. of that surprise you and and how this comes across to those that are not following Vince McMahon at WWE daily like we are? Oh, yeah. None of this. None of this surprises me. Um, I, I would say the one thing that does surprise me with Vince is that if you can say compare his uh, attitudes to Dana White who Dana White has been so determined to try to find another place to do these shows. We're going to keep doing the, trying to like work in other countries. Um, I think Vince to his credit, if you want to say it, has sort of understood that like they're in a different business mindset. Their thing is we just need to create, we need to keep creating content. So where's the easiest place where we can go to create the most content. That's their thing. They just make too much content, quite frankly. Um, but as anyone who's worked there, or even watched the product knows is that it's a lifestyle. And it is a uh, work routine that is largely determined by Vince's own personal workaholic tendencies. Um, I mean, I think for him, the idea of just abruptly stopping work for two weeks is he cannot do it. Um, I think you'll get some of these business decisions they've made that make zero sense. He's acting in ways that no one else in any industry is operating because he is so isolated from the real world. He has his one way of working. You know, the biggest show the, uh, of the year is happening that first weekend of April, we're going to do it. I want to try to sell the pay-per-view rights. I'm going to move forward and try to do that as well. Um, I think when you look at some of the performers who still came to the performance center, even if you know, some allegedly were sick, others had medical conditions and then chose not to wrestle like Roman Reigns. Um, the fact I, I, you can't overstate it that when you work there, it is a change of, it, it's a change of, it, it's a way of life. Um, I, I think it's very, difficult for quite frankly the roster and the employees sometimes to step back and understand what's really going on in the real world it isn't just oh we've got to tape our shows in front of no one in a building uh here instead of flying around the country it's no we shouldn't be doing any shows at all all of us need to be in our houses that's just not something that you know um i think a lot of the performers are wired for and especially vince mcmahon is not wired for i don't i don't know what's going to happen to that guy if he can't be working you know not 24 seven, but at least 18 hours of the day. The company is now, you know, faced with a, a very real possibility that they might not be able to shoot new content at all. And as somebody who works in television, like what would you do if you're in their position in order to fulfill their obligations? Uh, way. I love that question. I, I swear I didn't ask for that one in advance, but I love that question. Uh, I, I think that the way they've been programming, uh, these last couple of weeks of TV, uh, what they're planning for it is, has been really just, abysmal uh i mean i they've essentially been this is what we do and we're going to keep doing this 
rather than uh, if you look at all of the network content they have, all the documentaries they've shot. My, my big thing that I, that I would have loved is instead of doing a two hour long SmackDown with meaningless matches and comedy to nothing, take your, take your, your documentary footage, take WB Chronicle, take some really great stuff they have, do a two hour special leading up to Goldberg Roman. You spend two hours telling that whole story, the health issues they both dealt with, the college backgrounds, the leaving and coming back. Tell that full story and then maybe end with the contract sign. Um, I, I think they need to be leaning a lot more on their on their legacy content. And if you are going to bring people there, if you are going to take that risk, figure out how to make the things you shoot last as long as possible. Um, I've been like through something out on Twitter where if you're going to shoot these matches, if you feel like they're the best programs you have, don't burn them all out over two nights on the WWE Network. Make them do one match a week. One week on Raw, do Drew versus uh, do Drew versus Brock. The next week, do uh, do Charlotte and Ray. Really build this thing out so that you can fill up TV time for as long as possible. I think the fact that they thought they would be able to come back after the ninth and shoot more stuff was really short sighted, and um, it's kind of wild they didn't plan for it. My hope, though, is that they've at least taken some time in the last two weeks talked amongst their production team, their editors, everyone, and said, okay, how do we fill this time? Because they have so much footage and they have so many editors that if I had to guess, are sitting at home with server access and could edit some really interesting pieces together. And I guess it, it also that we were discussing the other night is, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure out like all these sports leagues, like this is the big thing of like what they're not delivering games. They're not producing these events right now. Like what what is the various broadcasters' response to this all going to be? Like, what is the what is the potential implications of WWE not being able to produce new, fresh content versus uh, archive footage to fill up Raw or TNT with AEW as well? That's something like I don't know 100% like what that that situation is like, and is that a, a factor that's going into this decision making to push through for both companies? Well, the thing that I, I'm really interested in, and so what I, honestly, I don't know how it would go. I mean, we saw a couple weeks there where they would play older matches or, you know, something from a recent pay-per-view and it would actually rate better. Uh, now we kind of see all the ratings are kind of going down in general. But I'm curious that if they actually advertise ahead of time, hey, next Monday, we're going to play WrestleMania 17. We're going to play the greatest WrestleMania of all time on Monday night at 8 o'clock. And what would, what would the ratings be? I mean, yeah, we talk about how it's on the network. If you're a fan, you can watch it whenever you want. It's on demand. But I think that if we all knew WrestleMania 17 was going to be aired on television and we were all going to live tweet it and watch it together, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually beat their regular ratings right now. Uh, I think people are just so desperate for content that is interesting, that is engaging. And quite frankly, I would not be surprised if, you know, because of how they planned it two months from now, Monday Night Raw is the best of DX because they got nothing else. This is what they're going to put out there because that's that's the best they got. And maybe you get a Skype interview from Shawn Michaels. Uh, I think that might be where Raw is headed. Do you think that strategy would be any different for a new company like AEW? I mean, that's the thing. AEW is in a is in a different, you know, absolute worst case scenario. WWE could run for decades without producing a single new minute of television. Uh, mm. AEW is going to run out of content within what, maybe two, three months if they decide, hey, we're going to show all of the pay-per-views we've done so far. And we're also going to cut in some stuff from Dark and some stuff from like, uh, you know, being the elite and whatnot. If they get to that place, uh, they're going to run out of content a lot faster because they, you know, they only have a year of, uh, of a library. 
I do think that's where things are headed. Now, the thing that I think will be very interesting, and we don't know, and we probably will never know, is all behind the door stuff. Does this programming fulfill the contracts they have with these networks? Mm-hmm. Or will the network say, this is not new content. We're not getting the ratings that we paid for. We would rather just, you know, if you're TNT, we would rather not pay you and instead play a movie. Uh, who knows? Uh, that's obviously all stuff that they're figuring out behind, you know, closed doors. And also if you're AEW, do you want to be wasting uh, part of your television contract on this lame duck period? Would you rather have six months added at the end of it and just kind of stop down for a while? All of that's going to be, you know, that'll all take place behind closed doors. Who knows? This is uncharted territory. Um, but if I was these two companies right now, the thing I would be trying to figure out is what is the best possible show we can produce for the longest time possible so that you can make the best uh, argument to your your uh, network partner. Well, we'll finish on this. OK, so so Florida and Georgia, they have now imposed yes. the, the stay at home uh, measures for for citizens for non-essential services. I mean, is that game over for AEW and WWE? Like, what is going to happen next Friday when a new mm-hmm. SmackDown has to be produced? That's the one that, I mean, if, you know, what we're seeing online is to believe uh, that WWE hasn't really taped anything past next week's NXT. I honestly don't know. Uh, it will be very, who, who knows? They could just say, you know, to hell with it. We're going to play some of WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, we're going to show you those, those matches that happened over this past weekend. Um I think that legacy content would be the best thing to pivot to. Now, you don't have to go so far back to say we're going to show you the best of DX, but it could be, wow, Drew McIntyre, he beat the the beast Brock Lesnar, so this week we're going to be showing you the best of Drew McIntyre. You cut together documentary footage of him, stuff from his whole career, and you throw in a Skype interview at the end. Um, I would not be if I see an evolved match on Fox, then that truly (laughs) will be like the the encapsulation of what what we're going through right now. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's where we could get to. AEW, that's the one that's, that's you know, much harder. Um, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, they've found ways around some of these things. Maybe they'll, for health and safety, I would hope that these they just allow their, their performers to stay at home, uh, work out some way for them to still get some sort of payment uh, during this time period uh, on the AEW side of things. Uh, but WWE, 100%. 100% they should all be staying at home. I'm not even – like, don't even do a thing where it's like, oh, we bring two guys in the performance center. We keep the number of people under 10. No, I don't – I mean, yeah, they all live in Orlando. You could, you know, in theory get people into that building to tape a match, but it's it's just not worth it right now. You can follow him at Brian Maxman. That is uh, Brian, M-A-X-M-A-N-N. He has always got – the answers to the world's problems. And I can't thank you enough, Brian, for stopping by. Stay safe. Uh, we're thinking about you and really appreciate you uh, jumping on with us for a couple minutes, sir. Thank you for having me. You got to stay safe as well. That was Brian Mann, folks, uh, a legend in our history through many, many different uh, show iterations. You know, it got me thinking, Way, and I know we're a little behind here, but I mean, what promotion is desperately looking for an outlet in the U.S.? It's New Japan Pro Wrestling. It There would be a lot of incentive right now for AEW that needs content and New Japan mm. that wants to be on in the U.S. that, hey, we have John Moxley matches from the G1. We've got Chris Jericho matches. And th- there's a strategic reason for AEW and New Japan if this crisis goes further and AEW is in a position where they need content. Because I'd be very curious that I think the AEW audience would be intrigued by putting uh, – a Jericho Naito match on on AEW. That is a really interesting proposition. Um, and, you know, you can extend that not just even to New Japan, but, you know, 
like let's say uh the bucks in pwg or uh kenny omega wrestling for you know uh another promotion that's out there a ddt even you know just to kind of show um if you wanted to do like a showcase for kenny omega from outside of AEW. that's i mean hours and hours of fresh content you could potentially put out there for a new audience who you know i mean this won't be as good as you know perhaps a a a new edition of, of AEW, but i think it'll be as good as a an empty arena version of AEW. you know um some of these like you know like like if they wanted to play that kenny versus phoenix match from like a couple years back that got a great deal of buzz for a brand new audience with some some wraparound coverage, that I think would be a great idea. The New Japan thing, I think there's still quite a few hurdles surrounding that. That um, I'm not as maybe like um, optimistic that that might occur. But at this point, you're right. Like anything, I'm sure is being considered. You compromise when it comes to your level of necessity. And I would say, you know, New Japan that is not taking in any revenue at the moment. That you know, a small little licensing deal and AEW that hey. It's content for us. It's, you know, circumstances change daily and they may be in a position where suddenly we need each other a bit more than we did 30 days ago. So it's just an idea to throw out there. I think it's a great idea, actually. Uh, we try to get our next guest on the line. But before we do that, some more shout outs here in the chat room. Brandon from New Jersey. Thank you so much for your super chat of $14.99. Uh, one of our favorites here at the Post Wrestling Cafe. And I think we're joined by our next guest here. We're joined by 1994 Toronto Blue Jay rookie Sean Green, who I, I can't <laughs> thank enough for joining us. He is Mike Murray joining us, the pride of Toronto himself. Mike, how are you? How's it going, boys? Can you adjust Mike. your screen down a little bit? Yep, yep, yep. I, I just want to get to see your face. There we go. Oh, look at this. We've got the Raptors jersey. Any, any particular representation on the back of the jersey? Uh, it's a Vince, Vince Carter. Of course. Yes. So what other Vince would we be talking about on the show? Uh, hopefully none today, but the guy who has been a dinosaur when it's come to the response level uh, of this whole <laughs> crisis, but nonetheless, uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, how are things? How, how are things going? Uh, you know, the last time you and I spoke was about a week or so ago. It's uh, March break is over. So now March break uh, is over. Yeah. School. What, what's the update on schools in Ontario right now? Because uh, you do, of course, have uh, two young daughters uh, that are home now. Uh, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, things are still getting uh, figured out as they try to figure out who's going to do what, how they're going to interact with all the students, because my wife is a teacher as well. So I think come Monday, they're going to have a, a solid plan in place and start rolling it out for sure. I'm cu- very curious for, from from you, Mike, uh, on the work side of things, you know, uh, as as somebody who um, operates a used bookstore in Toronto, I'm really curious to know how you've had to adjust to everything that's been going on. We shut doors on the, just looking at the calendar right now, I think it was the 16th or the 17th of March, had a couple of days of people being able to pick orders up that they emailed, um, but no one's no one's been in the store it's it's pretty pretty slow slog going through that kind of stuff. It's like you can read all the news stories and it hits you, but uh, there's nothing to me more impactful these days than just walking in my neighborhood and just going all the shutdown shops. Yeah. It's just like the life is gone. It's just there's nothing happening. There are some people out. It's not like it's completely a ghost town, but for businesses, it is. And that's yeah. where like seeing it in the flesh, that's where it really hits me. It's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how everybody comes out of this in a month or three months or whatever it's going to be. 
what's going to still be standing and what the, you know, just our city alone. I mean, you can think about, you know, rents because we know how crazy rents are, how crazy property values are in, in Toronto and what that means for businesses. Mm hmm. Uh, you know, from I, I, I'm not completely up to date with what the government's announced so far, but I'm I'm assuming you you've been paying attention. Are, yep. are you happy with the measures? What are the measures right now? I think we're not going to really know for sure again until Monday um, when it comes to the the Canadian Emergency Relief uh, benefit, the CERB, that everybody's hoping is going to be that uh, two thousand dollars a month portal that they can just apply for. But there's going to be people who you know make more than that a month. There's going to be places that I think they would still like to have companies take care of their staff if they can. But when you're talking about with a part-time worker, right, like somebody who's working, you know, two days a week or three days a week, right? Like that $2,000 is more than they're going to be taking home from their job regularly to begin with, which is great, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of keep things rolling throughout this. But that's only for, I think, that relief package is supposed to be for four months. And then after that, I guess the plan is people can do um, unemployment insurance. How much how much wrestling are you keeping up with? Uh, I've been watching some old New Japan. Um, the kids and I have been keeping our finger kind of on SmackDown and Raw uh, leading up to Mania. They're kind of interested in watching Mania this weekend. The idea of the the empty arena. It's, you know, they know they know why for sure. Right. But there's a there's an interest level there just to kind of see how things plan out. I think the build's been pretty good on Raw and SmackDown for the matches. I think the, some of the promos have been really good. For your children, like, is there any, you know, like, I'm, I'm very curious to know what the next generation is mainly spending their time with. And I, you know, knowing that wrestling, I think for even our audience at this point might be kind of like pretty low on the on the list of priorities. Yeah. Like, I, I mean... I have to imagine it, it might not even be a, a point of discussion for people your children's age, except, of course, you know, them being your daughters. That yeah. being sort of the difference. I mean, there's a couple of friends that they have that are are into it as well. Um, mostly Vivian's uh, friends. But for like for Nora, I mean, watching wrestling in, in grade one, it's pretty young. Right. So right. anybody that she's in, in contact with is not really on that uh, that interest level yet. Right. But. You know, for them, you know, being outside, trying to, you know, they go like Vivian goes for runs and bike rides around the neighborhood and try to burn off some of that energy. Right. I mean, with her being so used to, um, you know, hockey four times a week, let's say. Right. And, and getting that exercise and being at school and, you know, and then being cooped up, you know, in the house, you know, you people start to get on each other's nerves. The kids are like, you know, kind of <laughs> bickering and mm -hmm. short temper, but nothing's gone too far yet. That's for sure. How about you guys? Well, way way is uh way is pretty much alone alone all day. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it's his fiance crazy. is like working at a hospital though. Um, wow. For me, um, you know, Max Max is two, and he is you know indoors most of the day. But we get him out for a walk. But yeah. you know, even at two, I think like he can sense like this is a big like it's just it's different for him that me and my wife are home all day now working. And he can't like he's got a number of friends just on the street. He doesn't get to see them. And, yeah. you know, just the other day he was saying he misses his friends like they're it's it's interesting just to hear from like a child, like trying to interpret just change and what's different, even for a two year old that they process like what these measures are are having. Yeah. Like a month for him of you guys being at home is like a huge part of his actual life. Right. Like percentage wise for you guys to be around them all the time too. Right. So that when we do get out of this and trying to get back to like normal, you know, it'll be a huge change for him again. 
like I'm I'm curious, John. How how do you explain what's going on right now to Max? How much how how aware is he of everything? I mean, I I try and just talk to him just about like I just explain like we're we're home right now because we're trying to be safe because going out right now is more dangerous than usual. And I don't know if he's processing all of this, but you kind of just I don't know. Maybe Mike, that's uh, I'd be curious like what your uh, approach would be to if your daughters were younger. But I think it's always just be uh, kind of just explain exactly what's happening. And I mean, his response has just been Toy Story has been the answer to everything. He's moved on from Peppa Pig. <laughs> Toy, Toy Story is the answer to everything. <laughs> man, he has watched Toy Story uh, and versions of two, three and four, like nonstop. Like we're, we're limiting it now to the minimal. Like he just he will watch Toy Story nonstop if we allowed him to. That's amazing. Uh, some of those it's Toy Stories, movie, yeah, it's, those are pretty heavy. Some of those Toy Stories, they got some pretty heavy moments for kids. Um, I think being honest, but alleviating worries and fears is the most important thing. And, and you got to, you know, whether it's a two year old or an 11 year old or, a, you know, a 16 year old, I'm sure that there's, you know, different concerns that everybody has, you know, or a 30 year old or a 40 year old. Right. I mean, it's hard, you know, trying to explain things to your mom and explain things to your kids. You know, it's it's a weird situation. I feel like though, like you know, after all this, everybody's gonna have like higher standards of hygiene. Everybody's gonna know how to properly wash their hands. It's been drilled into us for 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 uh, uh, months now. Um, so maybe in the end, I, I mean, the next generation, I feel will will be a lot more conscious, like cleaner, I, I, hopefully. Well, just think about something so simple now of like, you know, if two months ago I came up to one of you and just put out my hand. Like that's it's a universal sign of respect. And if yep. someone were like even a year from now, even when we're through the worst of this and someone does that, it's it means something completely different. Like either this person is clueless or this is just someone that does not take any. of Like, I think just the, the sign of a handshake is going to be completely different in terms of what it means. And I think that like we will move away from something as simple as that. You think so? Like we're not handshaking yeah. anymore. Is that what you're saying? Like. I think that there. I don't think this is something where businesses were uh, like open up again. We're out in the street and suddenly it's just we snap our fingers and everything's back to normal. I think there's going to be a lot we take from this that is not going to be just instantly back to normal. I think just that, shaking hands. I think I think you're going to see a lot less people do that. Yes, you, you're probably not wrong. I wonder, I mean, being in Toronto and being in Ontario, I think we have a certain um, grasp on it. Right. Whereas I think in other places where there's been a lot more debates of how to deal with this and whether they should be going to churches, whether businesses should be staying open. I mean, we've pretty much agreed nothing needs to be open unless it's an essential service in Ontario. Right. But we can't say the same thing about Florida up until like a couple of days ago. Right. Yeah. So I'm wondering if depending where people live, if they're going to have that same kind of perspective. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a slow process to just. You know, I, I can imagine like being comfortable going to a sporting event again, um, but it's it's going to be a greater whole of people that listen. We, we talk about, you know, the the lie, the home viewing experience is so extraordinary. And I think people are just going to, you know, if all things are equal, ah, do I really want to go out of my way now to to a stadium versus watching at home? I can watch it in 4K. I've got surround sound that it's just, I think, going to make people think twice and what what will be the process to things getting back to normal and what what is going to be a new normal like there may be so many different elements that we're not even thinking about now that are going to be in people's thought process 
I mean, I think people are going to be either in the house of, hey, I'm I'm used to this now. I'm, I'm worried about going out. Or there's going to be people who are like, I need to get out of the house. I am ready to go out and do whatever. Let's go have a beer. Let's go to the, the game, whatever it might be. Because they've been, you know, this. if we're talking like four months, three more months, who knows how long this is going to go, right? There's going to be people, I think, on either side of the coin. Well, Mike, if this goes three months, multiple months, uh, you've always got uh, a spot here to, to join us. Uh, it's great to catch up with you. I hope uh, I hope things are going as well as uh, can be under the uh, circumstances. And uh, we'll definitely have to get you back on in the uh, next week or so. All right, guys. Take care. Uh, enjoy Mania as much as you can, I guess. It'll be interesting to watch. And uh, all the best. All right. We'll, uh, we'll be following you on Twitter. All right. Scarborough Dad. All right. Thank you. That was Mike Murray, everybody, who uh, a regular contributor here at Post Wrestling. And we've got uh, two more guests to go. Uh, but Way, any updates from the uh, Super Chats? Yes, yes. Back to the Super Chats. And I want to give a big thank you to Nate Milton, $7.57. He says, keep up the good work, brothers. Hashtag the 757. Hashtag always forward. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to Icon Drake for his 50 Swedish krona. And I actually had to look up what what this this denomination even was, but 50 Swedish krona. He says, "Cheers from Sweden." Do we ever think about how global post wrestling is? I mean, it's um sometimes when you hear where people are listening from, it's uh it's amazing when you think about like this this show, this blows me away that we're able to do this um still. Yeah. Could you imagine 10 years ago? This isn't fathomable to me. I mean, what's amazing to me is that, like, this has been, I guess, within reach of, like, you know, a show like ours uh, for a bit. But what's interesting to me is seeing, like, a CNN do almost exactly the same type of show using the same technologies. Um, and really, like, of, I would, I mean, not to pat myself on the back, but, like, uh, not of, like, that much different quality, in my opinion. So, I mean, this is an, it really kind of, like, I would say open the doors for, uh, this type of production to be, you know, accepted in the mainstream. And it's going to be a lot, great opportunity. A lot more financially prudent for a lot of these places. That, listen, everyone's going to get hit big time from this. Costs are going to be cut. And the idea of doing things that are maybe, maybe we don't need a gigantic studio to do a newscast. It would be nice if we could, but it's not necessity now. Like so many of these little things of um, where things are going. And I think ultimately in this crisis, People just want the news. They just want it to be delivered to us and entertainment method, production values. That's really secondary to vital information that needs to be disseminated to the public. Back to the uh, super chats. Uh, just a few more here. We go to Jay Parker, who uh, thank you for your $10 pledge. He says, cheers to all the healthcare workers around the globe. Yes. Great discussion. You guys, Nick Romano. Thank you for your $3. Chris Thunder from down under. Another $10 Australian. He says, it's absolutely horrible that WWE is still advertising Goldberg versus Reigns on their website. I can't explain the situation of Roman not wrestling to my little cousins without bursting their bubble. Man, that's that's tough. Jordan Stovra, thank you for your $20 Canadian. He says, is there going to be an opportunity for watchers to call in? I missed the beginning of the show. We've been giving a priority to our, our Super Chatters, uh, but I think if there's some extra time at the end of the show, we will try to open up some phone lines because I'm sure some people want to get in on it. Marcus Crouch, thank you for your $5 and your Super Sticker. Drew Braidwood, thank you for your five pounds. He says, what match from WrestleMania weekend are you most disappointed to miss out on? Well... I certainly speak for myself, and I think a lot of people in um, 
there being a great deal of curiosity for Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki that unfortunately we won't be able to see. Uh, same with Josh Barnett versus John Moxley. Those are two matches that I was probably looking forward to more than anything on WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I was just um, Spring Break was definitely a show, and Blood Sport that were the two big ones uh, for me. Like the the Mark Hitchcock Memorial uh, Super Show is always a phenomenal show that uh, that that they put on at WrestleCon. That would have been an extraordinary show. I was really looking forward to you and I were going to go to for for the culture. Um, that was mm-hmm. going to be to me, one of the standout shows of the weekend as well. Um, you know, it's it's more so I, I don't really look at it as, you know, I'm missing out on this match or this show. I do feel for a lot of these companies that are just in, um, you know, it's just an enormous financial burden that they take on by having to cancel these shows and deal with all the fallout of refunds. Uh, so it's, I, I look at it more so for the companies and performers that are out that weekend more so than, uh, myself not getting to see a match or a show because i want to close with our guests i'm going to just uh work through some of these super chats uh, a little bit more scott nebenzel thank you for your pledge he says thank you to all the essential workers out there uh we couldn't agree more walter martin thank you for your five dollars and your sticker thank you to scott nebenzel again with his five dollars asking which match do you have higher expectations for the boneyard match or the funhouse match and will we get an appearance from the up next boys today I don't know about that. Um, I would say I am not looking forward to the Funhouse match, no matter what they come up with. I'll, I'll keep an open mind to it. I would say if I had to pick between the two, I think the Boneyard match has a better chance of succeeding in their parameters versus the other one. My ex- I actually have like heightened expectations for the Funhouse just because, um, yes, the precedent set by the House of Horrors, not great. Even uh, Ultimate Deletion, not great. But because this Bray Wyatt character has, I think, been so so interesting, and I feel like they have more to work with this time around, more time to edit it, uh, a bigger star in John Cena to oppose this new Bray Wyatt Fiend character that I, I'm fascinated by. Um, I have higher expectations for it, so that's the match I, I'm looking forward to the most. And finally, for now, Brandon from New Jersey with his 399 wants to know, what's going to happen with the Danforth in August? I don't know if there's going to be a taste of the Danforth in in (laughs) August. That does not seem like something that is going to be on the menu for this summer in Toronto, which taste of the Danforth is like a major uh, food fest here in here in Toronto uh, on a very popular uh, area. That is the Danforth. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Are they are they visible? Oh, my goodness. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, these man. guys. I can't believe this. I got to fit you guys into the shot. Oh, we're, my goodness. We're joined oh. by Braden, Jack, and OC here from the TO Jeez. via the BDE. Hello. How are oh, you guys? How are we? Holy. How oh are God. you? Listen, How's it I, guys, this has been this, fantastic what you guys are doing. Dude, oh. the BDE looks like the most fun place to quarantine ever. <laughs> it, it it is. Uh, we've been quarantining with quarantinis, some white claws, some uh, Jack Daniels, all, <laughs> all the stuff essentials because we're essential businesses. Um, how are you doing? We've been kind of lurking the chat room. Yeah. Because we see uh, we did a, a kickoff show for you guys. That's why there's so many people in this room, because we, we gave you just this send off 
with uh, our kickoff show where we did a uh, hundred shows on our Patreon today. So we went live for our our uh, our patrons. And congratulations we were, to you guys! Thank hey, you. I, I, I forget I forget the URL for your Patreon. What what was it again? Sorry, what's the URL for your Patreon? Patreon.com slash upnext. Sorry, it cut out. Can you repeat that? <laughs> John, you're such a good salesperson. You're helping us so much. Uh, yeah, because of you guys, um, we are where we are, and we are having a blast, and we've done 100 shows. And, well, you know, we're roommates, so we basically have to stay inside. So we just watch a lot of wrestling and silly movies and, and talk about it. Um, I can't look at you seriously <laughs> right now. I'll tighten these up. I'll tighten these up. <laughs> it's Davey. Um, Davey's here. You're, hey, a dead, you're a dead ringer. Seriously. Wow. <laughs> you got the shirt even? Yeah, we, we had a scrumps care package turn yes. up, uh, the other day. So yeah, it's a really nice shirt, actually. It feels lovely. Oh my Good goodness. pro wrestling tees quality right there. Freshly squeezed mm. is DVP. So I've been following your exploits uh, throughout what's what's next or up next. I mean, um, like I the, 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 the reviews are great. But I tune in for the banter at the start of every one of your podcasts. And I know you guys have been not just cooking a great deal, not oh. just, uh, uh, I, I suppose, watching a lot of wrestling, but you've been singing karaoke at your place oh. as well. Yeah, we got these karaoke mics. Yeah, we've been missing karaoke. Those that hear our show, we often go, we sometimes go after up next to to. To yeah. get a little song in at we go, my bar. We go live after NXT on Wednesdays uh, on our YouTube, youtube.com slash up next. And then usually we finish and then we're like, ah, oh, let's go out for to sing some songs. But because of this whole lockdown, quarantine, the world pandemic, we haven't been able to go out and sing. So we had these karaoke mics and we uh, we were singing some, I was singing some uh, Disney tunes. Some Judas. Some Ju- Oh yeah, we did Judas finally. Some Alter Bridge. We did some Alter Bridge, <laughs> which we learned Edge's theme song is really hard to sing at karaoke. Yeah. Don't ever choose it. Um, we, we've been doing that. We spent like a good three hours just singing wrestling themes in karaoke in our own house in the BDE, the Braden Davy Estate. And um, it's it's been pretty wild. We also... Um, we got in a weird like little wormhole of just watching old um, Japanese wrestling. I know we went on a Kenta Kabashi kick yeah. with like Stan Hansen and uh, just a bunch of stuff. So we've been keeping busy. Uh, NXT thus far has been running. We've been doing that show on Wednesdays, but uh, it might all come to an end soon. Yeah, and, so, and we've said we're going to continue continue doing yeah. a Wednesday show no matter what. If If wrestling ends, we're still going to be doing these shows every Wednesday. Davey, can you give us an update on your plumbing situation? Ha! Yeah, so um, we had a blockage in our pipes, and uh, all those pipes come right under where my bed is in my bedroom. So and this is not a double entendre, by the way. He is no, <laughs> cleaning his pipes. So um, I was doing a like a live watch along of Shaun of the Dead when the plumber is coming in, walking around my bedroom, looking like Ghostbuster, and uh yeah so they've had to dig up my bedroom uh so i went to my girlfriend's for a few days while they were digging up my bedroom i finally uh it's it seems to be working our plumbing's good now yeah uh finally put everything kind of back to normal in my room which is where we're recording from right now and uh then was it yesterday or the day before so the other day like we had we had quite a night and we're like sleeping in and someone knocks at the door and like I roll out of bed. Uh, I answer the door 
And it's he's like, hey, I'm here to dig up. I'm here to fix it. And we're like, "Uh, absolutely not. We're all like asleep in the house here. You need to not do this. But uh, yeah, it was it was it got to me. I I, I even I was a bit mean to Kyrie. He threw the Kyrie cutout across the room. I was a witness in this. It was. Uh, yeah, that's how you know things were mad. He was mad. As I said, I've been pretty positive. I like I lost my job because I work in a bar. Yeah. Um, I've been pretty positive. I've been kind of putting my energy into doing more podcasts and watching more and just like trying to. It is what it is. What yeah. can I do? Um, and yeah, but the the plumbing situation eventually like broke the camel's back. <laughs> if it were, and he threw Kyrie yeah. across the room. But she's okay now. And She's we're good. okay. She's now. smiling. We're smiling. We've just been watching like a lot of like other wrestling. Um, that's that's pretty much what we've been doing. <laughs> How much of the MT Arena um, TV have you guys been watching? Oh, uh... I've been like watching promos from Raw and SmackDown, kind of after the fact, like hearing what's good and checking them out. Um, obviously, we've been watching NXT and AEW. Um, I think. I mean, the AW ones haven't quite been empty arena because you have been having, yeah, like the other wrestlers there for a crowd, and it, even that alone adds so much more energy to it and helps it. Um, kind of starting to get a bit more used to it. I found like on yesterday's NXT, kind of warmed up as the show went on, and yeah. by the end you're sort of used to it. Because our takeover was supposed to be. I mean, not only WrestleMania, we're the NXT podcast, and mm-hmm. like takeovers are a big deal for us. The whole weeks of NXT are like towards this pay-per-view which mm-hmm. all wrestling should do and uh it's been taken away but it's also like we're still we had a takeover match last night with the triple threat north american but the next week and possibly the week after are like spread out different things so we know next week we are getting two takeover matches they treat it like a takeover with the lighting and the way it's shot if anyone's not checked out nxt the main event was a takeover match a triple threat match and it was a lot of fun but it's like, is it fake over or take over? It, it is hard. It's it is hard over. to get into. And like that North American uh, title match last night, you, it, it was nice to see that these guys were, were trying to put on the match they would have in a, in a arena for a takeover. But you just, you just imagine the, the pops that yeah. would be happening. And it's, it's awkward. It feels weird. It feels like you're watching some kind of dress rehearsal. <laughs> Yeah, how, how sustainable do you think all, all of this is? I mean, provided that they can even continue to record shows and, you know, just kind of judging by your viewing habits, it seems like you guys are preferring to watch older wrestling now instead of, um, you know, this new stuff. Yeah, we we do, again, patreon.com slash up next. We do the show called Best Match Ever where we literally go through like the website. Was it Cage Match? We go our, our other, our second favorite wrestling journalist of all time, Dave Meltzer, next to number one, John Pollock. He likes to rate matches. So sometimes we dig through like what matches that we kind of never seen before that are highly regarded amongst many wrestling fans, whether it be cage matches stuff. And we've been just like watching that and like, man, has it been so much fun? Uh, we're lucky enough where we're roommates. We probably sh- we, we do keep it to maybe a meet. We're really close now, but our distancing is still there where we can sit and watch wrestling. And then uh, it's awesome that we can now make podcasting about it. And it's been fun. I mean, I would say like as a lot of people, I keep hearing kind of the word starved for wrestling and it's same with the movies like all these movies that were meant to be coming out uh, that are not coming out now it's like there are still thousands of movies yeah. out there that you probably haven't seen and it's the case with with wrestling as well a lot of these companies are are putting out stuff for free on youtube and as yeah as weird as it is kind of sometimes going back there's 
a load of these matches I, I'm going back to watch and I either can't remember the result or just don't know the result. So it's it's like watching it fresh. So I would recommend this is the time to to check out that match that people have said, oh, have you seen this one? And what did gone, we watch no. last week? We watched, uh, what is it, Masawa versus Kawada. Yeah. And we we lost our damn minds so much that we are going to do a show on it later this month. Like that's we, we were like, what is this? How have I never watched this? I've seen Kenta... A million times, just never saw Kawada Masao, and I'm like, whoa! How have I never watched this? So it's it's fun as a wrestling fan. Just go back, t- look for things you've never watched. If 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 you are quote starved for wrestling, yeah. S- setting aside, you know the you know the the moral implications or just you know your own stance on WWE running these shows. I mean, one of the arguments in favor has been you know performing some form of escapist entertainment, getting people's minds off of this. Do you think that is the case? Because coming out of these shows, like the dominant theme is the empty arena setting. What is not part of these shows as opposed to what is. Do you feel these shows are taking people's minds off of things? Or is it kind of shining a light on this is a product that cannot go uh, status quo? And we're starting to see now, you know, these last two weeks, you know, audiences are tuning out of these shows. They are not being, you know, at a time when there is so much time on people's hands. It's not as though... These wrestling shows are doing all of these big numbers anymore. In fact, they're doing some extremely low ones by their standards. I'd say the first couple of weeks, it was definitely that um, that kind of escapism and they're trying to put out entertainment. At this point, it kind of feels like they're flogging a dead horse um, because you're right. People are tuning out. People aren't really connecting with these empty arena matches and they're just doing them because they feel they have to. And I, I feel I feel it's their excuse we're trying to give escapism, but I think the reality is it's that they they want their yeah. it's Vince. He's crazy. He's like man, he'll yeah. he'll put on a show whatever. It's same with uh, the UFC right now as well. It it almost becomes a like an arrogance that we're we're above that. And I know from our point of view, we're tr- we're trying to kind of remain as positive as as possible uh, during this. Um, and I, I do think it's interesting. The matches that I feel are working more are more the kind of sports style. So more your kind of mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak type of matches that don't necessarily get over in a in a big arena. But when it's kind of more technical and map based, I think they're the ones that are actually I'm enjoying more right now because I don't feel you need that that crowd necessarily. Same with the Kenny Trent match on AEW. Like mm. I I have checked out that there wasn't a crowd. I was just like really into like the the storytelling of the of the match. But it it's weird as a like we're all stuck at home. We're being told every day updated by like the governments and the news and everything like stay home and yet I'm watching these these wrestlers like touching each other and there's multiple people all over the place that they should not be doing this. So it feels weird that like I'm watching this selfishly enjoying it, but um mm-hmm. it, it it there's a weird line to be had there. But, you know, uh, we, we probably don't have that much time left, but um, I do want to open up the Skype calls because I'm sure there are people uh, who maybe want to get on, not just to talk to John and myself, but because we, we're doing all this through Skype, we, to talk to Braden and Davey as well. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Of course. Okay, I'm going to um, open up the n- Skype None of us have right anywhere now. to be, so I guess that's, we can all... Uh, <laughs> uh, we were about to go watch NXT from 2012, but uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go back to the uh, chat room here for a few more uh, shout-outs from the Super Chat. Uh, we go to John Taylor, who says, shout-outs to the BDE. John hey. Taylor. Hey, John. Thank you. Hey, what, what did, what, how, who was that? John who? 
John Taylor. John, John, Taylor. Taylor. John Taylor. All right. I see a few Johns in here. Uh-oh. Okay. Ryan, Ryan Davidson says, please play and create sexy SmackDown song video. No idea what that dude means, but uh, any idea? Please. Sexy SmackDown sexy song? Sexy SmackDown song? I, I don't know. We, well, we'll, I we'll ignore someone that someone made a 420 donation to the BDE, so that's oh, amazing. Boy. <laughs> okay, we'll try to get as, uh, to as many calls as we can for the time being, but uh, I believe joining us on the line, Hansi, are you there? Yo, what's going on, guys? How are you? What's hey. up? Hansi, what's, what's up, guys? Yeah, yo, yo this, uh, this show's been amazing, man. I've, I've been enjoying it. Um, thank you guys for, you know, always putting a good output, man. Um, I'll just keep my question simple for, for you guys. With the introduction of the TNT title, I, maybe I'm overthinking it, right, but because they've done this whole wins and losses thing matter and the rankings and all that, where do you guys anticipate, like, how the rankings will work for? Because, like, you know, before it was, like, you, you get a ranking for the world title ranking, right? So now do you have a separate ranking for the TNT title, or do you think that, like, like the second person who is ranked high for the world title will get a T- TNT title? Like, I, I was wondering what you guys' thought process is. And the reason why I'm mentioning it, because they've put – they put so much effort into the whole wins and losses thing. So I just wanted to know if you guys had any clue of what would go on or what you want to see in it. And thank you for um, answering my uh, question in advance. And uh, thank you guys for a great show. Thank you, Hansi. Thank you, Hansi, as always. Uh, guys, what do you think about the, the, the tournament and the addition of a championship? Yeah. Also deciding to do it now at this time. Um, well, you know, the wins and losses thing is true, but the TV, the TNT title is going to be like the TV title, like your TV guys who maybe are all over the TV and actually have some wins and losses. Like, I, I think it can work. It, it just makes sense that they do these these pay-per-views and they have their world title. And then you can kind of have this one more so defended that can keep TV storylines like in check that keep kind of things flowing. So it's it's fine. It's just isn't a title a prop anyways. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the title. Uh, Hansi's question about um, how the rankings would work. I don't know whether you do kind TV of rankings. Yeah, maybe maybe well, you only a, take TV wins, fine. or maybe yeah. you do um, those ranked ten to five can go for the TNT title, and those ranked five to one can go for Hello, the three? world title or something Hello, like that. Yeah, maybe maybe so, even yeah. yeah, go for it. No, no, no. Sorry about that. I was just. Uh... We've got a number of people uh, on hold, and if you're on mute, please stay muted and wait until I uh, tell you to unmute yourselves, and then we'll have you on. Uh, but, you know, I, I feel like too many rankings are no good. Like, I don't even know how many people really pay attention to the updated weekly rankings anymore, and I don't know, to be honest with you, how much they play a factor in my interest in any of the matches that I've seen in AEW. It just feels like it's hard to do rankings. It's hard to do rankings, especially when you don't have a set number of matches. When you have guys like a you know a Lance Archer coming in, all of a sudden like I guess technically they have a perfect record, but I mean it it just becomes weird, and I think just confusing that with another set of TNT rankings is is kind of unhealthy. Um, so I just see it being you know just a, a like kind of like an open challenge thing. Maybe you can make it justify it by saying, okay, this is only available to people in the top ten. If you're in the top ten, you can challenge for it. Something like that I could see, but another set of rankings specifically, I think that's too much. It's like my rule with match stipulations. If you explain the concept of a match and there's a follow-up question from somebody, it's too complicated. Mm-hmm. You better be able to explain it in a sentence. 
And I think that yeah. goes for the rankings as well. Like once you get too complex, there are some that will appreciate it, but there are many that just do not want to have that level of complications attached to uh, what can be presented in a, a more basic function. Let's go to another phone call. Jordan, feel free to unmute yourself. We want to get you guys, uh, we want to get you on the show. Jordan, are you there? Hey, Wei, how you doing? Hey, very well. What's going everyone, on? Everyone, hopefully everyone's well. I uh, thank you for what you're doing today. Um, I think I just have like a quick question, maybe looking to hypotheticals in the future. Uh, let's say next week, America is shut down. No more than five people can be in an area. Do you see an idea where like the wrestling storylines have to have like a hard reset because they can't go back to it in two months, three months after like not being able to record TV whatsoever? Uh, if that would be an option, yeah, I would. I would say if you saw these companies have to have to go dark for a prolonged period of time, I think when you come back, like there may be some stories that you just pick up from where you left off with. But I think it would be kind of treated like that. Like you would get the the promotional build of WWE returns and almost treat it like a season premiere, and you probably would get you know. Right. Uh, sorry about this. We're, we're we've got a lot of people in. Okay, I think we're gonna have to cut the uh, the phones for the time being, just because we have so many of you guys. But can you guys all still hear me? Yes, we. Yeah. John, you're still there. Yes, correct. John, uh, I think we lost your video, unfortunately. So, um, anyway, ooh, jeez, is everybody still there? John, you're still I hear there. You. Wonderful, Braden, Davy, are, are are they gone? think they're gone okay. maybe maybe we maybe less is more at this point i, yeah. I think we're, we're kind of focusing on too much here so yeah. let's let's Probably do a few more calls way who is on the line right now who can hear us is neil here somebody is there um, um i'm here oh is this who is this chris from la yeah so you guys caught me i guess um yeah what's up <laughs> hey chris um so uh, I was gonna get my television. Sorry about that. Now I was gonna get get to this in the super chats, but um, I'm very sorry to hear about uh, your loss. Um, Chris uh, mentions that he recently saw, lost uh, a friend of his to COVID, and um, he says they won't be able to have a funeral for a while. Um, so our condolences, Chris. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was um, it was weird too because I'm in a group chat with him, and like um, he was starting to feel sick. And, um, we, you know, someone jokingly mentioned COVID, um, and then he went to the hospital, they sent him home and he went back to the hospital and just never came back. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer and, it's, you know, also kind of a reminder to just, you know, do the social distancing thing and, you know, be careful. Um, how how quickly did it all happen? Like, and was your friend? Did they, did he have any pre existing conditions? He had childhood asthma that mm. um, he didn't deal with as an adult, and that was what was so weird about it. Um, he had the childhood asthma, um, and he was healthy. The last time I saw him was like a month or two ago, and he looked just fine. Um, and you know, it took ten days to. Um, just completely um, destroy him. You know, wow. he was in the hospital for 10 days and um, didn't 
didn't make it and they did like a news piece on him and stuff like that and i've um talked to his sister-in-law and um you know, he he also worked in a field where he was going to be susceptible to that because he um, he was a dental assistant. So, um, and yeah, just just kind of you know, it, it it has got me a little bummed out, and you know, psychologically dealing with um, my job because um, I'm a college instructor, um, and everything's moved online, and it's like okay, I got to be an instructor, but at the same time, it's like, I don't, you know, you want to have your rules in order and stuff, but then it's like, I'm being relaxed with how I let students turn in assignments. Cause it's like, you know, what, you know, this is what's, what's more important getting an assignment in on time or, you know, being safe during this time. So it's just a lot of weird stuff going on with me. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that, Chris. It's, um, that the, it's it's really unfortunate. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, wrestling is probably like the farthest thing from your mind right now. But um, do you, do you have anything uh, else? I, I guess you'd like to discuss. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm still watching. Like I'm I'm kind of with with you guys and Braden and everybody else as far as like because I watched AEW last night. I thought it was a decent show, but again, it's like you still see like you know people just touching all over each other and commentators still like sitting right next to each other and it's different you know like 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 it's hard to kind of get invested in it I just like and I never really you know thought that I would be one of those people like like I feel kind of bad for like wanting wrestling to get back to normal again but you know i know it's going to be a while because I, I actually got tickets to um the vegas show in may All right. um and I'm, I'm not going to that shit anymore man it's like um i just even if the the, the um quarantine um ends i i just don't feel right going to something like that so soon I think a lot of people would be in the same boat. And I mean, who's to even say if that uh, event will be going forward? They haven't they haven't announced it's off. But I mean, you would certainly have to say that that would be pretty you'd have to be pretty optimistic to think that May 23rd will be able to stage a big pro wrestling show uh, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah, it's not happening. And um yeah, so um yeah, I don't really have anything to say. I was I was basically more just calling to um to um wish you guys well and um I'm glad you guys are putting all that money to good use and stuff and um yeah, so thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks a lot, Chris. Uh we really appreciate it and definitely thinking about you during this time. All right, thanks. Thank you. I appreciate uh Chris sharing his story and I think it's it's an important lesson for everybody right now. I mean, a lot of earlier reports were just like, yeah, this is a, a disease that doesn't affect younger people. Um, it's, it's a disease that affects everybody. And I'm, I feel like it, it's really difficult to say, but like in the, in the weeks ahead, we're going to unfortunately hear a lot more stories similar to Chris's of personal accounts of people that are going to lose like, you know, loved ones. Um, so it's, it's just a constant reminder to just do your part do your part and and just you know spread the message of staying inside that's as much as we can do right now um 
I apologize to the people that are trying to call in right now. We just uh, unfortunately can't don't have enough time, but we will be back uh, for the hangout again next week at our usual time at three o'clock. Um, as well, for if you're a patron of the Post Wrestling Cafe, even at any tier at at six dollars and above, John and I will be back this Saturday for our WrestleMania post show. And if you're a double double plus patron, you have access to both the Saturday show as well as the Sunday post show. So we'll be back for two live streams uh, coming up this weekend, right after WrestleMania. Yeah, that's our rap name: two live streams. Two live streams. I love it. Uh, a few final shoutouts here in the super chats. You guys have been incredible. Because Andrew Nohadera, thank you for your $5 pledge. He says, you guys helped me. And I know for sure everybody listening to the, to get through this pandemic, thank you for the entertainment, guys. You're very welcome. Jordan Yates, thank you for your $10. Uh, Ryan Charco, thank you for your $18. He says, keep up the great work, guys. Here's to WrestleMania, maybe being the end of wrestling content for a while so these performers can stay safe. Richard Smith, thank you for your $10. He says, thank you, John and Way, for raising money for two good causes. And uh, thank you, everybody who purchased a T-shirt uh, uh, for, as well, uh, including, I believe, uh, recently, Mitch Gelpkoff, Kevin McCormick, and Mike Murray. You guys are amazing. And as I mentioned, the T-shirt sales will be available at store.postwrestling.com. I'm going to say until Monday, okay? We're going to have these available all the way up until then. All proceeds will be going towards both the Sunnybrook Foundation as well as the New York Community Trust. I don't want to give a, a final tally until Monday. We'll give that on Rewind or Raw. But as of now, within the chat room alone, we have raised over $600 US. And with the t-shirts alone, we've raised more than, I think, $600. So combination of those things means that we're already well above $1,000, $1,200 US uh, just for those those causes. So thank you That's all amazing. so much. This like exceeded our expectations greatly. Uh, we have the best fans. Like in the world so thank you um for everybody who paid attention live thank you to all of our guests and take it away john yeah i just want to echo what way said uh i can't thank everyone enough um just for tuning in today uh for those that made donations like uh, way and i were always astounded by our listeners and you know we have just the utmost respect for everyone out there um and those that have been so generous today. So thank you very much. Uh, this has been really uplifting just to do this uh, two hours, catching up with people, hearing from you as well. Uh, so thanks very much. We look forward to speaking with you. And that's it. A big thank you to Wei Ting, who, uh, who mastered this entire live show. So thank you. I got to thank Graham for showing me a lot of this stuff. And I really have to thank our friend Robert Pearson, who, again, like invested a great deal of its time towards pr- producing our live show that unfortunately didn't get going. But Gave us an excuse to do this live stream. He designed our our great t-shirt for us. So a big thank you to Robert as well. Thank you, everybody. We'll speak with you later this weekend. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. 
Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.